it's about time. Board Wrestling Fan Radio. I don't even know the number, but I do know it's the third anniversary episode. It was 153? Something uh, like that. Let me see. Yeah, it says 153 in the notes. Okay, 153, the anniversary episode. Three years ago, JT and myself, Drow Goddess, and maybe a few other people sat down. We did a podcast just for the hell of it, and here we are. Three years later, on today's show, listen to this. We've got Joel Gertner coming up in the first hour. We've got Charlie Haas coming up in the second hour, along with David Fuller. And we've got a musical performance, uh, not live in studio as we had anticipated, but uh, Andrew J. Reimers was kind enough to record and send over a, uh, a recording uh, of him performing a song for us. Uh, and he will be back on the show uh, soon enough to perform the songs that he was originally going to perform. But, um, yeah, I'm stuck here in the middle of... Uh, Snow, uh, winter Storm Knife, because that's such a cool name for a storm compared to like Snowmageddon, Snowvember, all the stuff yeah, they've been calling this. Snowmageddon. Yeah, all the, all the stuff they've been calling this. And, and and I tell you, I was away from home for like four days. I could not get here. I was stuck. So, stuck yeah, I lost time to do research for questions. <laughs> stuck away for four <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Half that time was spent looking at the TV like, can I go home tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> And the other half was spent sleeping. <laughs> I did some research. I looked some stuff up. So, real quick, a couple qu- real quick things. Oh, shit, I forgot what, what one of them was. But um, I, I watched some Survivor Series this week. So did I, actually. I watched, well, I watched three of them. I watched the 1990, 1993, and 1996. And it was funny because a little, a little bit of trivia here. There were two wrestlers that were in all three of those. Only two. And I'm going to give you the one. I'm going to see if you guys can figure out the second one. Because the one, the, the first one's easy enough as it is. Because it's the, the, the typical go-to answer, Bret Hart. But I want to see if anybody knows who, who, the, who the, other third per, the other person that appeared in all three of those. And I'm not giving any hints. Huh. Well, what were the years again? 90, 93, and 96. 90, 93, and 96. Now, my first instinct is Shawn Michaels. Oh, wait, you might be right. I, okay, there was... <laughs> I, I was thinking of somebody else. Okay, there is a third... There, then there's a third person. Okay. 96, 90, and 93. That's... Huh. That's an interesting uh, question there. Hmm. Okay, it's I don't want to keep ridiculous. Yeah, it is oh, someone ridiculous, but um, very uh, horrible. Well, it, 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 it had you know he's a, he's a wrestler. He had, he had to wrestle in all three of them, so it was it can't be any commentators. Which Bar- I think I, the I, only I, one was, and and there there wasn't any that made all three of them. So was it Barry Horowitz? No. Okay. Huh. Okay. I give up. Okay. Crush. 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 Oh, okay. 1990, okay. he was a member of Demolition. Yeah. 1993, he was um, just after his baby face run, and he had the weird face paint. Yeah. He had just joined Fuji's team. And in 1996, it was DOA Crush. Interesting. 
or whatever the the biker gang he he started. Yeah, yeah, DOA. That's, a... that's exactly what it was. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was a, I was like, wow, it was like he's the only one. <laughs> I'm like that. That'd be a good question. Here's okay. here's oh. something I noticed uh, watching Survivor Series 1997 is they had a uh, Team USA versus Team Canada match. And only one member of Team Canada was actually from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants to guess. Oh, yeah, I saw it on one of the... Yeah, I, I know you did. I'm sure I, you did. I, I, I posted it. I, I don't remember the name, though. <laughs> the, team was, uh, the team was Jim Neidhart, the British Bulldog. Oh, it was Owen Hart, wasn't it? No. Uh, Jim Neidhart, the British Bulldog, uh, Doug Furnace, and Phil LaFon. <laughs> that sounds like a winner. Yeah, Phil LaFon was the only Canadian on Team Canada. What a terrible team. I'm from Team Canada, but I'm the British Bulldog. <laughs> well, I, I guess tonight we're going to find out if they can top that, that terribleness. Because uh, we're in store for some shit, folks. Oh, yes. <laughs> of course, oh, the only... God, what a lackluster build to a pay-per-view that means everything. The only important thing about Survivor Series 1997 is the thing everybody talks about, which is, of course, the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, well... Yeah, well, still- it's... Won't stop talking about that. Yeah, well, I got a, I got a big pile of dead horses in my room here. So yeah, uh, exactly. Move it on. <laughs> well, it was like it was like I posted in the group the group page. You know, 1993 wasn't a great Survivor Series, but if you watch it, you have to watch it just to hear Bobby Heaton. He Heaton on commentary. He is probably at his best. You should you should the one liners he says during Brett, the Bret Hart team versus Shawn Michaels team match. My God, it's just gold. It's just one after the other. He's just... <laughs> it was just... Yeah, I did see that post, and I was going to actually uh, tune, in, tune in and watch that one, but I was like, you know, I want something more of the Attitude Era. Hey, here's an idea. Let me watch 1997. <laughs> but yeah, that like I said, it, that, that was... I was watching it, I was just like, Wow, and like you, you watch him like two years later on Nitro, and he's kind of like you can tell he's kind of just phoning it in. It's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't want to be there. Nobody wanted to be there. They were just taking the money. <laughs> That's all it was. They were just taking the money. Nobody wanted to be part of that promotion. Uh. Also, also another thing on that pay per view is a, a likely pairing, a commentary pairing that I don't think it, I, I for a long time didn't know actually ever happened, and that was um, Gorilla Monsoon and Jim Ross. Oh, well, yeah, that's they, happened a couple of times. They did a match. Um, they did the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Championship, which the crowd shit on. They they basically ignored it. They were just basically <laughs> you could hear Pip farting on a snare drum. It was so quiet in that place, you know during that match because nobody gave two fucks but the rest of it was like like you got Jim Ross telling telling everybody how great the two tag teams are and how talented and like you can see the crowd not giving a fuck but, yeah alright <laughs> so George is actually on his way if you could believe that no. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I believe it if when I see it. Yeah, yeah. The the roads opened up. George, we were actually going to call George, uh, because George was very excited because we have one of his heroes on in the first hour here, Mr. Joel Gertner, uh, who we expect to hear from in about uh, seven or eight minutes. Um, and 
George is like, oh, man, how am I supposed to get there with the travel ban? And it's like, uh, I guess you're not. We'll call you. And he's like, okay, cool. And then about an hour ago, I found out the travel ban here is has been lifted. So I texted George. He says, how's the roads look over there by you, brother? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear. I think you get a parking spot. Okay, I'll be there. I'll be a little late, but I'll be there. So he's on his way. But uh, three years of this show, man. How, how crazy is that? We've been doing this for three years. At least me and G have, and JT's been with us. Mark, you joined a little later, but... Uh, I've been here for a year. Yeah. And a bit. Yeah, a little... <laughs> I, I don't know necessarily that I thought when we did that first episode that I was going to be here three years later. Like, okay, so today on the show we've got Joel Gertner and Charlie Haas, <laughs> and a musical performance by Andrew J. Reimers, and yeah... In fact, we, at that point, we had never done an interview. We, we finally started getting interviews uh, because of Justin Ruff, uh, who got uh, Johnny Gargano, and he got a number of other uh, people. In fact, um, Empire State Wrestling ran a show last night. I wasn't able to get there. Uh, but they had announced that uh, one of the participants in what they were calling the Elio DiPaolo Memorial Cup uh, was a guy named Ethan Page. And I'm like, never heard of him. Wait a minute. Yes, I have. I interviewed that guy. <laughs> Isn't he one of the ones that fired JT? <laughs> They've all fired someone. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, I've been threatened by more wrestling personalities than some wrestlers, I think. <laughs> uh, let's see, Jim Ross. Uh, not Jim Ross, Jim Cornette. <laughs> JT's got JR. I got me having JR on the brain here. Jim Cornette, Matt, Matt Bourne. <laughs> Who else? Hey, how, how, Jim Cornette, how has Jim Cornette threatened me? Because I have was no, no, no. I said of... me threaten me. Oh, <laughs> like... oh, these are guys that threaten me, man. <laughs> oh, we still got to get Gregory Iron back on the show. I don't know. He just posted a new uh, promo picture that he's selling. It's got one of those old like uh, laser backgrounds from like when we were in third grade. <laughs> you know? uh, we're just killing time till Joel Gertner calls in. <laughs> That's what well, we're had, doing. Well, we were supposed to do our predictions, though. Well, I've got Maven fans. I can. Do, I'll, I'll run through Maven fans because she sent them to me. For some reason, sure. she sent me her, her awards picks too, which I we're not doing yet. But um, I'll do hers. Survivor Series. Let's see. Pre-show. Joe Trailer, Noice, and Grandmaster Sexy have a dance contest. Noice wins because of his fan group, the Marks. Make some noise. <laughs> AJ Lee versus Nikki Bella. Rebel beats a panda kangaroo and a monkey in a 10 minutes Iron Man match. There are 2.5 billion pinfalls in this match. <laughs> Some of the highlights are Rebel pinning Joe Cena, Joe Cena breaking every bone in his body, Joe Cena getting punched in the ribs by Mark Henry, Joe Cena getting his arm ripped off by Colin Delaney, and Joe Cena being thrown into the trash. Oh, wait. If you want to know about the pinfalls, Rebel gets all 2.5 billion, billion of them. Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt. The people of the village lose to Eli Cottonwood, Lucky Cannon, Skip Sheffield, Husky Harris, and <laughs> Jacob Novak. After the match, match the people of the village beat the shit out of Joe Cena. Divas Survivor Series match. Page, DDP, book cover, the man they call Sting, Emma, the Smackdown Fist, Great Collie in a wig, Eugene, who, excuse me, Goldilocks beat the cast of Total Divas, Tyson Kidd, John Cena, Jimmy Uso, Fandango, Daniel Bryan, Vinny, JJ Garcia, Jonathan Coyle, and Sandra. 
WWE Tag Team Championship, BWF Indie Wrestler 2004, Mr. Marvelous Melvin Maximus beats Mark Henry, Devon Dudley, Deuce, David Arquette, Vince Russo, Jerry Flynn, S.A. Rios, and Justin Roberts (laughs) in a Survivor Series match. Triple H versus John Cena Survivor Series match. (laughs) The Russian World Order, George Ellis, G. Vladimir Kozlov and Lee Muller. Beat Team America that's made up the greatest Americans ever. Noyce, JT Hogan, brother. Putin, Dave Cameron, and Stephen Harper. This will send the crowd home happy. The U.S. title match. Lex Luger straight off the Lex Express beats un-American Sergeant Slaughter in a flag match. Lex pins Sergeant after the match, and Lex waves the U.S. flag. Over the rules of the flashback, the winning wrestler gets to wave his flag for five seconds. Intercontinental title match. Adrian from Booker T's beats Brock Laser Brock Laser for the IC title. Bork Laser. Adrian is, huh? Bork Laser. Oh, Bork Laser. Bork Laser. <laughs> Adrian is wearing a Bork, la- Bork Laser tee. Boring match. <laughs> That's it. That's those are her picks. All right. I have to save the award awards picks for the award show. Okay. <laughs> we still got another month or so on that. <laughs> ah, bring back a sound. I have it. <laughs> I'm back she to two computers again. I can you. I can do it. <laughs> she asked me what my um my indie star of the year award would be. I said I just copied Joe. So pick an old legend. They're probably still going on the indies. <laughs> <laughs> She won't copy you. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Let's see what she put. Big time. Bill Collier won the ESW title last night. I wasn't there. Damn it! Damn the storm. Who's that? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I saw a homeless he's, man fall on some concrete. He won a title too. He he's uh, Bill Collier is Frankie Feathers approved, by the way. <laughs> so he's a child. I guess not. He, he's not a child. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's a child. No, Frankie Feathers does not touch children. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what this video footage I have is then. <laughs> we'll have to get Frankie in here so he can explain that away. <laughs> so uh, I guess we can say that Survivor Series is probably going to be a failure, huh? Well, I... Uh, well, there's real- this rumor about Sting or whatever bullshit that's floating around. Yeah. Uh, they, they fucked up. Um, good job, WWE. Uh, golf clap for you. Uh, I'm really disappointed this uh, company didn't take advantage of pay-per-view that's supposed to promote their network, and they've had shit build. They had one good week, one good thing happen, and that was on the network with the, uh, the title switch. And then they just shot the bed for the rest of the month, so... Good job. Good job, Vince McMahon. You are truly a senile old son of a bitch. I was at Walmart yesterday, and I saw a, a Sting WWE t-shirt. And, I, and then I also found this Hulkamania t-shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> right beside the CM Punk one, I'm sure. <laughs> that, that is actually like the only smart thing left in their uh, their cupboard that they could actually do. Is if they brought that guy in tonight, that's about it. Yeah, uh, I, I hear Sting they're, is... They're pretty much fucking uh, shit out of luck up a creek without a paddle up their ass and Brock Lesnar's laughing all, all the way back to the UFC at this point. Whoops. <laughs> I hear Sting is there. I hear Randy Orton uh, is in town. 
And I also heard that they're going to have one more that if the crowd reaction for Orton and Sting is enough, they're just going to keep backstage. I saw that Kayfabe News was published that too. That's right. <laughs> they legit did actually if you go to their website. I'm sure that they did. Those are Kayfabe News articles. We've so. got a call. Hello, caller. Yes, it's Joel. Joel Gertner, you are live on the air, sir. <laughs> well, well, well. Good to be with you. Oh, it's good to have you. Can we can we get a, a Joel Gertner introduction? Can, can we please get one of those? All right, all right, all right. Let's see, let's see. Well, well, well. It is I, linguist. Mystical, the lyrical miracle, the sexual intellectual, the coming linguist, and the quintessential stud muffin. Joel calling into BWF radio, and I happen to know that your studio is in. Buffalo, and weather, irregardless, it's on with the show, because Buffalo chicks know that being covered in my semen is like seven feet of snow, Gertner. Oh, I love it. That's great. That's that's amazing. (laughs) Uh, George missed it. He's not here yet. Oh, well. <laughs> His loss. Joel, I... Everything, guys. Go ahead. How's the weather now? Uh, right now, it's great. It's actually uh, warming up. The snow's melting. Good. My street finally got plowed today, so... <laughs> Uh, driving we band. had a miniature version, I think, of what you guys are going through uh, here in Brooklyn. Uh, we had a miniature version three years ago-ish. Three, four years ago. And uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure that you know it, it came in two different blasts and it totaled about seven feet. Uh, there were seven foot drifts, and it shut our city down for about a half a week, which was kind of the first. But uh, I still don't think it was uh, exactly the act of God that you guys uh, have had in the last week or so. Oh, it's been crazy. I was I was stuck at I was stuck uh, at work for four days. <laughs> I finally wow. got home. I had to walk three miles to get here uh, Friday to to get home. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm glad you uh, agreed to be on our show. I, I just kind of took a shot in the dark, like, hey, maybe Joel Gertner will come do the show. And <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily enough, you were you, really, got, you, you guys were highly recommended. No, you guys have good pedigree and uh, obviously have uh, have done some great stuff. And I'm I'm going to become more familiar with it. Um, moving forward and, and listen to some of the archives as much as I can. But no, you came highly recommended, and uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be on. I appreciate you, and and you just happen to be available for our anniversary show, which is awesome. <laughs> you're, you're you're on later on. We got Charlie Haas, so we got a star-studded right. uh, show here. Um, but uh, one question I wanted to ask: start with uh, you went to uh, Cornell University, you dropped out to go to ECW. What were you studying? What was the last part of that? All of that's correct. What was the last part? Uh, what were you studying? <laughs> I was taking up space. <laughs> I was studying wrestling, and they didn't offer it as part of the curriculum. So uh, in lieu of that, I was studying uh, concert promotion, and uh, I was at the radio station as a sports director, uh, doing basically whatever a pro wrestling type would do up there. 
with their time and with the resources uh, outside of the classroom. And outside of the classroom was a lot of fun. In the classroom, I kept thinking, man, for TV radio, I really should have gone to Syracuse. I really should have gone to Ithaca. Uh, and actually did take TV radio 101 uh, over at Ithaca College on the other side of town, uh, where actually a few friends of mine from high school were going. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I was there for three years. Uh, the third year of it, I was dividing my time between Cornell and ECW, so I was in Philly a lot. Um, my efforts in the classroom were being wasted and squandered. Uh, I left after three years with about two years worth of credits. I left with about 60 credits halfway to a bachelor's. And mutually, I, you know, there was a meeting and I was called in and I was speaking with um, the educational administrators, uh, kind of deans. And it was like, you know, what's going on? You know, we, you know, we see that you, we know what your test scores were coming in, and, and we saw everything from high school. We saw how things were freshman year. Like, what's up? And I just told them what was different in my life, and they said, seems like you might have to make a choice. So at the time, I was making forty or fifty dollars a night, ring announcing or timekeeping for ECW, and took a risk that paid off. Now, how did you get involved with ECW? I was up at Cornell. Um, they had a show in Middletown, uh, which is a market that they had run once before. I think they did an outdoor show at the fairgrounds during the summertime. Uh, and not only didn't I work that show, I wasn't at that show either. But um, they had an indoor venue called Sportland Cafe, uh, kind of like a sports bar, kind of. And um, I was at an ECW Arena show I think in August of 95, uh, maybe the one before the first one that I worked. And I approached Paul after the show and just gave him a little bit of my background and history and told him that I had been on the independent circuit for about three or four years already, uh, managing, ring announcing, refereeing, uh, everything but wrestling. I uh, mentioned that I admired his work and had learned from it and was an avid listener um, to a radio show uh, that was on Sunday mornings based out of Long Island, uh, something just like this, where he was a frequent guest. Uh, we also had a mutual friend, uh, stuff like that. And finally, after just introducing myself for about a minute or two, uh, reminded him that he had Middletown coming up, and I said, you know, what I would love to do for that, what, what I'd be interested in and think is really where I could help out would be ring announcing, timekeeping, that kind of thing. I said, I know your ring announcing and timekeeping crew is based out of Philadelphia, and I'm not sure if they're already uh, scheduled to make that trip or looking forward to it or whatever, or if, you know, you'd be kind of, you know, needing to look for somebody anyway. But I just let him know it's something I'd be interested in doing and that the ride from Cornell wouldn't be an inconvenience and kind of asked for an opportunity. And he looked at me and said, you want it? I said, Yeah. He said, you got it, be there by five. Awesome. <laughs> George just walked in the door here. Wow. He's a, he's a huge fan of yours. <laughs> yes. Oh, Uh-oh. yes, absolutely. Uh, it is a pleasure to uh, to have you on the show. Thank you very much. See, you, you showed up too late. You missed the oh, intro. Oh, yeah, well, uh, intro or not, I, I'm, I'm here now, and I'm. this is great. This is cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you, sir, and... Uh, Let's 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 have some fun with this. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for having me. Of course. Oh, absolutely.
All right. So you're in ECW, you're ring announcing. How do you go from that to being the quintessential stud muffin? (laughs) Week by week. Uh, Day by day, but I mean week by week uh, from from live event to live event and from episode of Hardcore TV to episode of Hardcore TV. And and that, I think, is proof positive. It, it's kind of the proof being in the pudding that we really did accentuate strengths, hide weaknesses, dance with what brought us, and we really were the epitome of that. You know, when, when you're trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, that's one of the best ways you can do it. So, you know, whatever worked, uh, we kept and stuck around, and, and whatever didn't, you know, either got tweaked or improved or shelved. And uh, and that's basically how I became the quintessential stud muffin. I went from being a ring announcer and a timekeeper uh, to a foreign language ring announcer for Spanish and Japanese um, to a heel ring announcer, like kind of a valet ring announcer uh, to certain heels on the roster. Um, and that's it. And then eventually I had been doing, uh, the ring announcing, the primary ring announcing for a few months while Bob Ortiz was not. And then in the summer of 96, which would be about nine months before barely legal, Bob Ortiz was back regularly. He reassumed the ring announcing reigns and duties. And I took a step sideways and got put with uh, the Heel Dudleys as a faction, as a stable, and went on to, you know, kind of being... They had two managers. They had me and they had Sign Guy. Uh, One talked, one didn't. Uh, We assumed different responsibilities. The the way I would jokingly refer to it at the time, back in the day amongst us, is that it was kind of like, you know, you think the New York Yankees, they have like a field manager, like a Billy Martin, and they have like a George Steinbrenner, right? There's a manager and an owner. So the Dudleys kind of were the only team that in that sense, you know, they had a manager and sign guy and they had a manager and me. Um, and that's it. And then from there also, after the Dudleys went to the WWF, uh, we got the TNN deal and I became the uh, the co-host with Joey and the color commentator. So yeah, just, just kind of a, a progression, you know, as things were, uh, were necessitated, as things were needed within the company and, and within our group um things just moved along i i was watching that ecw exposed they had on uh, a couple of weeks ago on the mm-hmm. wwe network and they posted a did you know there were nine dudley half brothers dudley dudley snot dudley big dick sign guy chubby dudley dances with dudley bubba ray devon and spike i think they forgot one they forgot studley dudley oh god yes i know i know and i thought that too and then i thought you know but i i don't think i was really a half brother because i think i was adopted <laughs> and, there, and and there and there were cousins like cousin butch dudley and cousin luke dudley right, right. So i yeah. thought about them too because we we um were able to work with them in fort lauderdale uh on one occasion uh and they were the dudley cousins from down under um but uh but yeah they were cousins they weren't half brothers either so technically i think that was right okay there's a lot of dudley lineage that people do not know some of which i absolutely did uh create uh like devon being devon because he was the son of big daddy dudley who was a traveling salesman and a traveling saleswoman who he met on the road named Avon, and Devon was the third of three children. There were Bevon, 
Sivan and Divan, and there's also an Ivan in that family. But uh, so I came up with stuff like that, which never made TV. I'll, I'll I'll tell you. I'll bet you if we went on one of those uh, websites where you can trace your ancestry, <laughs> and we put the Dudleys in there, holy hell! <laughs> Probably, well, and and it's you know because you have the Samoan dynasty, right? Like the, the whole Samoan uh, family and their legacy. Mm-hmm. And I think the only way we could even come close to having as many uh, Dudley wrestling legends as the Samoans would be to include Avon, Bivon, Ivon, <laughs> all the way out to Zivon, and then probably have to throw in some Cyrillic alphabet or yeah. you know, <laughs> Chinese characters. Or <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd have to include the entire the entire ancestry, the entire lineage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for uh, sure. Now, now, when Vince came calling for, for Bubba Ray and Devon, did they contact you at all, or were you just too much for them at the in the Attitude Era? <laughs> Oh my! Um, at that time, no. I spoke with uh, I spoke with a couple people. I spoke with somebody on one occasion, and I, I think there were maybe one or two serious occasions where there would have been an opportunity or or um, or an option of kind of uh, switching allegiances or, or having a new employer and flying a different flag. But honestly, I was so loyal to Paul and ECW that the only way I would, I think, I felt that I was young enough to, part of me did. Part of me, I remember being 23 years old and looking at the calendar and thinking to myself, oh man, where I'm at, I sh- really should have been there two or three years ago when I was like 20, 21. <laughs> so there's that part of me. Yeah, but there's another part that realized that, you know, I was young and I had time and I hopefully would only improve so if it was meant to be then, it would be at least as meant to be in the future. And I got some offers that, um, I got an offer that at the time was better than what I was making um, substantially in ECW. However, after that, I got an offer from within ECW. It was when I got my first contract around the time uh, leading up to TNM. And once that offer was on the table, it was the kind of thing that was close enough um, to an outside offer that, again, I think at the end of the day, the only way I would really leave ECW while it was open would be if it just didn't exist anymore, if it was no longer open for business. Uh, and, and I was, you know, with a lot of other people, I, I was one of the last people to... Uh, to kind of, you know, I, I asked for my release, but I think I did so, you know, if you figure the last pay-per-view was January of 01, and if you figure the news broke, um, and, and there were kind of a lot of major happenings in March of 01, I don't remember the exact date that, that I called or got my release, but the earliest it would have been was maybe, I don't know, February of 01, maybe second half, not sure exactly, and it was basically... Um, I had called Paul, uh, and I was hearing about other offers or thinking I might need to reach out. It was kind of in that phase. There was some more definitive writing on the wall than there had been even in weeks or months prior. And I basically told him everything that I've just said here in the last minute or two and wrapped it up by asking him, Paul, please give me any reason you can so I should not ask for a release. And when he gave me the advice that asking for the release wouldn't be something he would take offense to, 
and wouldn't be for me the worst thing in the world in light of you know my situation uh only upon that did i tell him that if he felt that way then then if he wouldn't mind drawing it up if it was okay with him then let's do that so yeah uh, so was this one of those things, kind of like Rhino on the uh, on the Rise and Fall DVD, where he says, "I knew it was over when I saw Paul on Monday Night Raw." Is that the kind of uh, writing on the wall you're yeah, talking? Yeah, yeah. This was this was maybe before that. Yeah, this was probably um, maybe a week or two, or however. You know, again, I that that whole time was such that was such a crazy kind of quarter of the year. That kind of January, February, March of '01 was just such a crazy time. It was something like that. I think my moment that was more of that was where I kind of got teary-eyed at the last pay-per-view in, in the in the locker room uh, at the Hammerstein. We were doing the Guilty as Charged a one show, and they had put me with Christian York and Joey Matthews, um, you know, doing kind of like baby face manager for a tag team, and who knows where that would have gone uh, on all levels. And that, I think, was the point of it, that I was sitting there and watching them, you know, get ready, and, and their heart was in it as it was, you know, as everybody's was. Uh, it, on some levels, I think more so, you know, for, for that show than, than at some other times. Um, but it was also just, for me, it was sad because I knew that, you know, I got an opportunity when I was young, and I came in to, to ECW in September of 95. So I had, you know, over five years to grow there and to learn and to work and here these guys York and Matthews you know had just recently come in and gotten established gotten a little bit of a push and and were on their way and were holding up their end of the bargain and you know we're we're wanting to just be young and do what I had done five or six years earlier and, and just grow and live the dream and I could see that the writing very well could have been on the wall that they weren't, at least in ECW, going to get that same chance that I had, and uh, and it definitely you know made me sad. But um, that I think for me was, was my kind of moment. But I, even at that time in January of '01, that was a few weeks before I got my release. And again, I mean, if if there would have been any way of staying on with the company, um, and, and you know just you know kept it going and and i don't think if the company were still around today in an alternate universe um i might still be there i don't know all right and and after that you you did go to tna in the early days of tna but what'd you do in the in the meantime before you uh because i see you didn't show up in tna until 2002 yeah summer of 02 so it was i guess uh, a year and a quarter a year and a half um whatever was clever you know just continued to be uh an independent contractor uh within wrestling and outside of wrestling a little bit uh i think i got my real estate license did some real estate uh in manhattan um was the commissioner for assault championship wrestling in connecticut uh worked with jason knight on that and learned about uh working with buildings um, got to do some promoting, got to do some booking, got to work with Jason and do some commentary and production of their TV on local public access. Uh, so for me, I think about Assault Championship Wrestling, even though it wasn't my company, uh, it's the first one 
aside from ECW that I was working, you know, at a at a high enough level where there were, you know, all sorts of different types of things that I was helping out with. Uh, so in many ways, I think about it as a precursor and uh, and as a good kind of learning tool uh, so that I was able to move on and uh, do some of the MXW stuff that I've done in the last five or ten years. Right, and uh, and you are running uh, MXW, as you just mentioned. Uh, how? What's your role in that? I know you're you're part owner, I believe, if I, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Full owner now. Um, okay. It's uh, yeah, it's a sole proprietorship. Um, full owner, um, and originally worked with Eric Stefanowitz in Connecticut, um, who is now uh, working for WWE and TV. Um, and at the time when we did our first shows, uh, he was uh, the booker, uh, in a sense, uh, creative, and also helping find local talent, because I was back to living in New York City, uh, and he lived in Waterbury, Connecticut. Uh, this was I had lived in Waterbury for two or three years, but this was after I'd left. So he was familiar with not only the New York scene like I was, but he was a lot more familiar with Connecticut and maybe the New England scene than I was at the time. So uh did MXW with Eric uh and on the money end, you know, the early shows were probably some of his, some of my money, and it was a joint effort when we started the promotion. Uh we referred to it as uh as us being co owners. Uh I probably became full owner in oh six, uh during maybe our fifth, sixth, seventh show, something like that. Um, and registered it here in New York. Uh, and, and always, I think, have kind of, you know, in my Twitter profile or whatever, or on the wiki page, I think it wasn't until very recently, until the last few weeks or months, that I even went out of my way to, uh, to just change it from, uh, from me not being the co-owner. Uh, because Eric was so pivotal, so integral in helping out in the early stages that uh, it's almost like I do consider him, uh, from going back to our infancy, I do consider him like a zero percent owner, so um, so it was kind of a, a shout out to him. But yeah, we um, we've done about nine or ten live events, and uh, going back to 2004, uh, this month was actually our 10th anniversary month of MXW One when we started at Crystal's Nightclub, which was uh, in Bristol, Connecticut, the same town that uh, ESPN is in. Um, and yeah, good old Crystals in Bristol. We did our first four shows there. And the first one was just, I think MXW is a good example of, um, do you ever see those DVDs independently put out by like Wrestling Gold and stuff like, um, before they were stars? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the kind of like, you know, tomorrow, you know, tomorrow stars today type thing. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, MXW was like that. The same way that Smoky Mountain is a good example of stuff like that. Uh, MXW was very much like that and our first show that happened 10 years ago this month very good example of that with uh, Matt Stryker as crazy Italian pizza chef Muscles Marinara <laughs> doing basically a cross between Nature Boy Ric Flair if he was a Italian pizza chef um, where he would you know elbow drop you know take his apron off and then run the ropes elbow drop the dough and, you know want to spill sauce in the ring and like it, it was it was crazy 
Um, and I think it never happened again. It was his only appearance as Muscles Marinara or anybody else's. Um, <laughs> 19-year-old Zack Ryder as a Mikey Whipwreck student. Mikey was in the main event. It was a three-way dance. Uh, so he brought um, some of his students to the show. Uh, 19-year-old Zack Ryder was one. He was a referee on the show. First, last, and only time that he's ever appeared as a professional wrestling referee. Um, ECW Zombie Tim Arson was on the show. Uh, Robbie E as Robbie Echoes. I just I hate listening because I always forget people. Uh, Mikey himself <laughs> was on the show, but it's just incredible. And um, so yeah, you know, and and that's you know we wound up expanding a bit. We did a show in Albany at the Washington Avenue Armory, which was a building that um, it was the old WWF and WWF Albany building. Uh, late 70s, early 80s, and then it was shuttered for wrestling for about 20 years, 25 years, and then we opened it again in 2006 for wrestling, uh, and that was a show that had tons of great Canadian talent, uh, people from all over the place. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Hero were on that show, um, tons of people. So yeah, it, it was just a good kind of, it was a way for people to get more work it was a proving grounds it was a learning opportunity i hope and um and it was just something that i know the fans enjoyed it um and sometimes you know they ask when it's going to come back and i always tell people i'm always always only five numbers on the powerball away from promoting wrestling again <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh that's it that's it but you can learn more about it at mxwwrestling.net or at our Wikipedia page, and you can buy DVDs there as well. Huh. Nice. Interesting. You mentioned Mikey Whipwreck. He's our guest next week on the show. <laughs> Excellent. That's going to be a lot of fun for you guys. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Local boy made good. Well, <laughs> yeah. in, in a sense, in a sense, he's from uh, Long Island. Yeah, <laughs> he's not well, from here. Yeah, well, you know, he's from the That's state. Right. He's from good uh, enough. Nassau County, Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what, what? Just like, yeah. uh, like, uh, uh, what do we call it? Uh, bamboo, Michigan. Yep. <laughs> Not bamboo. <laughs> Bombay. Bombay, Bombay, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hell's wrong with me today? <laughs> it, it's the residuals from this from the storm. It's made us completely <laughs> I, stupid. I guess. No, we, we used to say that uh, that uh, Ginger Mahal was from Calgary, Alberta, India. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, now, now going to the fact that uh you uh you did real estate now tell me who wouldn't buy real estate from the quintessential stud muffin a lot of people oh <laughs> yeah i could i could yeah, just real real life is indicative of yeah i i, I could just go back and watch some of it as a reality show of sorts <laughs> a lot of people would not i'm kidding i, I it, my heart wasn't in it um it was something to do between weekends uh when my weekend thing wasn't my weekend thing anymore and i could have probably put a better foot forward with it um <laughs> one time one of the other brokers right because it's always like your fiduciary duty is to your client right mm -hmm. like the buyer and the seller oh yeah so i was showing to a prospective buyer i think and somebody else was showing it to sell it you know and they do their whole thing you know oh, sun-drenched views of western views they do their whole thing and i'm walking my people through like but look at this but look at that uh, i don't know stoves 25 years you know doing the whole thing and you know it happens for like half an hour and then as we're leaving i guess all of the clients have, have left and it's me you know everybody's packing up to you know leave and 
there's me and there's the other real estate broker, and he pulled me aside and told me that he was an ECW fan, a wrestling fan, uh-huh. an ECW fan, and uh, he wasn't 100% sure at first that it was me, but he just wanted to thank me for what I had done on TV to entertain him, and I thought that was really, really fun that that, that would happen there in that apartment. Um, but yeah, you know, real estate was fun, but um, not where my heart was and uh, and not... Um, effectively, where my bread was buttered. So. Oh man, I'm I, I'm I'm just imagining bus bench ads with <laughs> with with your face with the neck brace and the bow tie on, and you know, just it I, it just it seems like it it was it was something that maybe uh, it was it, it could have been made bigger with the right promotion. <laughs> it could have. I, I could have been the uh, the sexual intellectual. Yes. The lyrical miracle and the broker who loves to poker. Yes, there we go. <laughs> I would. Oh my! If I had money, I'd have bought real estate from you in a heartbeat. <laughs> so just, just, just for the. If anything, just for the story. And, and, and if you see recent pictures of Joel, he is still wearing the neck brace oh, from when the Eliminators gave him total elimination way back in the nineties. Wait, I can take it off. <laughs> well, uh, it, that you got to ask. The I'm doctor not a doctor. First. Yeah, I, I I would definitely get uh, medical clearance before you did that. Um, the, I, you know the story that if you look in the same book that has the Dudley family uh, lineage. Uh, yes. If you look under my medical history, you will see that here. Technically, here's how it played out. For years and years, I had to wear. I wasn't medically cleared to take it off. And then one day, magically, the Dudleys sign a World Wrestling Federation contract. <laughs> And now all of a sudden a doctor decides that maybe if they're not going to be an ECW, things won't be so treacherous for me, especially because it seems like I might be coming announcer, <laughs> that now I, I'm medically cleared, don't need to wear the neck brace anymore. And I actually went out one time without it. Oh. This is not including the one time in Buffalo, mind. <laughs> that I think I might have actually went out without it because I forgot to put it on. Mm-hmm. And it's a funny, there's one Buffalo show where I think I'm not wearing it. And in the ring, if you watch, I don't know if it made the TV cut or not, but live, I remember Bubba telling me that I wasn't wearing it. (laughs) And I still had some work to do on the mic, and I got so, I think, nervous that, like, my voice, like, I almost lost my voice, realizing that I was out there without it. (laughs) But I went out there one time without it, because I was cleared, the Dudleys were leaving, I was going to be becoming a TNN co-host, and I took 3D. Oh, it was because of the whole Kennedy Jr. promo and everything. Everything was happening right around that time, that summer, early fall of 99. And they gave me 3D. Now, lo and behold, I'm 90 minutes without the neck brace. And because of 3D, I'm right back into the neck brace. <laughs> I, I have since been cleared, uh, and I don't need to wear it for medical purposes. I do continue as an homage to ECW to wear it when I perform, uh, mainly because, you know, I'm traveling, I'm on the road, I'm the quintessential sud muffin, and it acts very well as a cunnilingus neck stabilizer. Uh, it's actually a high-fashion, European-style cunnilingus neck stabilizer. So. If, if you could see my face right now in the studio, my <laughs> eyes brightened, and I'm like, really? You know, you did a... Uh, <laughs> damn! This is genius. <laughs> you did Hardcore yeah. Justice 2010, and I watched it. And the first thing I did after I watched it is I called George. Oh. I said, George, Joel Gertner was on this pay-per-view. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I I don't know if there were I, – I couldn't tell if uh, I had created DeLorean-style flames behind my feet. Um <laughs> 
But so help me, I I I did manage to get here in record time, and then my vehicle was not used. <laughs> I, I I might have gained the miracle of flight. I don't know how it was, but I, I it's almost how you had to get here today. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I I rode a tauntaun into the to to the studio today because I figured you know why the hell not. Um, <laughs> but um. I, f- I figure I figure you as this generation's cowboy Bob Orton, um, were, whereas as he had the the uh, cast on his arm, you 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 that one was good for fisting. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we we all know <laughs> now we know about Pat Patterson. So I figure, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were better friends than we than they went on. I don't know. But but I I look at it that way. Just uh, that the neck brace is iconic, and uh, and oh my god, just just the things that you come up with uh, during your appearances. It's just it's it's magical, and and it 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 always it always gets me kind of choked up because I, I get I'm I'm such an ECW friggin' fanboy. And, and you know, just remembering those times, like when I would stay up extra, extra late just so I could watch hardcore TV. What was it on? Like three o'clock in the morning yeah. on, on on Saturday mornings here. Yep. 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 My my first. Yep. My, if the Knicks game went long enough, if it went into double overtime, it was definitely running about two thirty, three in the morning. Yep. Oh yeah, and, and I I just remember one night I was up late. The first introduction to this to this whole thing called ECW, and I and, and I'm watching a match. And if I'm not mistaken, Tommy Dreamer pulls get he gets a a frying pan out of the audience and uses it on that that happened a lot. <laughs> yeah, but this was just it's just it sticks in my mind forever as to that was the first time I I watched ECW. Well, you know how we got Mikey on the show next week, right? You you know how I got him. I don't remember. <laughs> I was on Twitter and I happened to be watching uh, ECW. Um, the ECW episode of the Monday Night Wars, and uh-huh. they show Mikey get hit with the Nintendo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I tweeted him about that, and then I happened to start watching the new episodes they put on and see that match. And I'm like, oh, I watched Mikey get hit with a Nintendo again. I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm talking. He's re- replying to me on Twitter. Dude, you want to be on the show? <laughs> and, and that's how we got him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you if you get you get Joe and myself together, and we're we're like a couple old ladies that are just we reminisce over the old times, and we're like, remember when that happened, and he see, remember when that happened, and I, I swear we could just sit to, we could sit by and, and squawk about this all day long, and it, it's funny yet it's kind of sad because we are starting to look more like old ladies as time goes on. <laughs> Um, you know him, him, him with uh, you know the, the there's tiny there's gray hairs here and there and me with the saggy boobs. Um, I, I, I well, I, you know, I figure you know as they say, I can cover my own tracks in the snow if I needed to with the, with them. Um, but yeah, <laughs> even in that snow, yes, even in that, guys, oh <laughs> they they gosh. they provide good. They they're actually good snowshoes. Um, <laughs> they work really well, apparently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just amazing. Uh, like as we were talking about the neck brace, the whole Bob Orton thing came up, and I I, I had to bring it up while I still had it in my head. Otherwise, uh, short term memory and stupidity just don't go well together. And uh, I, I happen to have a terminal case of that. <laughs> but, um, so um, Joe, uh, continue with whatever you got to do because I I've just. <laughs> 
I'm done for a minute. <laughs> uh, we, we mentioned the uh, the, the uh, TNA uh, reunion show, the Hardcore Justice. You you were actually in TNA very briefly. Why so briefly? Isn't that funny? That's a lot of people. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm not an ECW original because ECW started in '92, and then it depends how you. I mean, it goes back to you know Tri-State Wrestling Alliance and everything. But as Eastern Championship Wrestling, it started in '92. Uh, 92, 93 going forward, and I, it was almost 96 um, before I was really, you know, regularly there, and certainly it was until 96 until I was really on uh, the TV. So, yeah, I'm not an ECW original, like guys like Tommy, Taz, that kind of thing, but I am a TNA original. Uh, I was at the first two live events, which translated at the time to the first three weekly pay-per-view episodes. Um, and things happened, and the timing wasn't right. And I, I, I wasn't local. I was a fly-in. Um, there was a financial. Um, there were the faux pas and snafus relating to Jay Hassman from Team Services and all the nonsense that went on on the pay-per-view end, where the money that they were getting incoming. Uh, wasn't what they were originally told it was going to be. Um, and with all that, there were expenses that needed to be cut. And then I think even that notwithstanding, uh, I tend to wonder sometimes creatively whether because I was used to the ECW structure where I had kind of more creative input and there was just the hands-on involvement in the creative was structured differently and I wasn't used to the way that TNA operated at the time, which was more similar to WCW and WWF at the time, um, or WWE. I think it had just become WWE. Um, so yeah, you know, so so there was a parting of ways. I think I, I wasn't um, moving forward as integral to their ever-changing product, um, but I wound up being brought back for the ECW reunion show. And that was a blast, and we were all treated so great, and definitely up there with all of the opportunities, including One Night Stand, and including um, the first Hardcore Homecoming show. Um, I wasn't on all three of them, but I was at the first Philly one, uh, including Francine's reunion show. All of them were a blast, because, you know, to, to be able to go to an equivalent of, like, your high school reunion... Um, and to not just be able to enjoy it and see, you know, your friends that are like your chosen family um, and have, you know, the kind of fun that you have with them, but also to be able, while you're doing that, to do what you love to do in your life and perform and to get paid for all of it is kind of just, you know, the the icing on the cake. I'll tell you that the the whole one night stand concept was great in the beginning and it just fell right off the tracks. Um, <laughs> it, it just like the first the first one night stand was magical i i'm i i remember vividly um watching it for the first like watching it happen and i started getting choked up because this was my uh this was the reintroduction for me to the ecw crowd again and and just everybody everybody involved and and it was just so amazing to watch and, and to see everybody back together again. And like you said, the whole the whole like high school reunion type thing, it it, it made this fat man weep. 
and um and I, and believe me it doesn't it doesn't well it usually sometimes doesn't take much to get that but this was this was just real genuine and even the second one night stand still had it had elements of the first and it felt you know it still felt pretty good and and then somebody took a big steaming pile and dump on I, it. I thought it wasn't terrible until they fired Paul, but that's... Oh. <laughs> you know, it was bad, but it wasn't terrible and until they fired Paul. Anytime, anytime Paul's not involved in ECW, you kind of you get a little worried about it. Um, it, it w- I mean, you know, it, it, it's always been good for me, except for when it became that weekly television show and the zombie showed up and, <laughs> you know, whatever, but... That was the best promo that that was the best non-Joel Gertner promo in ECW history. Let's listen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like I, I mean, just I, that's just kind of my my little my little rant on the whole thing. But definitely, uh, it was uh, one night stand was a beautiful thing. And, and, and to just, that to that point, the reason that I did call Joel an ECW original and all the promotion for this episode is uh, that I think they were considering anybody that was from the original ECW. Uh, in WWE at the time of 2006 and, and that era was they were calling anybody that came from ECW the original ECW and ECW original yeah and that that works <laughs> I, I'd hate to have to wrap this up because Joel's been an awesome guest but oh. we do have Charlie Haas and we only have a short time with him once we get him so okay. uh, he's going to be calling we're going to be getting him in about uh, two or three minutes so uh, Joel I really appreciate you being on and uh, hopefully maybe someday we'll get you back on and and, and we could talk further with you uh, but do you have anything uh, coming up that you want to promote um, thank you for having me. Uh, it'd be great to be back on if we can make that work. And I, the one thing is, I'm looking at the clock now, and I can't believe that 40 minutes has gone so quickly. <laughs> but um, so thank you guys for making it fly and for making it fun. Um, no, mxwwrestling.net. Um, fourteen dollars and ninety-eight cents for autographed DVDs. Uh, they're all autographed by me. Certain ones, there's one Golden Quest. Uh, Sanjay Dutt was part of the main event on that one. Uh, so um, there are a couple of um, units of that DVD that are autographed by both me and Sanjay. Um, but 14.98 covers everything, the tax, the shipping, everything. Um, right now, the button on the website says Capital Collision, which was our Albany show that I talked about earlier. Uh, but you could always just send us a note at the email uh, for the company on the website, or you can find me my email, my social media, and if it's one of our other titles that you'd like other than Capital Collision, uh, we'll honor that for you for the same price. Um, follow me on Twitter, MXW Wrestling. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Quintessential Stud Muffin. And my next live wrestling appearance will be Saturday, December 6th for Ronin Pro Wrestling at the War Memorial in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, old NWA Florida building. And it is where ECW did our second ever pay-per-view, Hardcore Heaven 97. Nice. All right, Joel, I really appreciate you being on. We will certainly get you back at some point. Uh, I will be in touch with you probably after the show today, and we'll, we'll set something up. Sounds good, buddy. All right, thank you very much. We'll, you got we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Take care. Bye. Bye. You missed the intro, George. <laughs> Who, who's George? <laughs> yeah. He is a figment. Hi, my name's G. <laughs> Hold on. We're, we're gonna get G. David. We're gonna get David Fuller on the call here. Give me the, one. The George is the jabroni. Oh, G. The rice crispy dick and the raisin ball. I do. I really do too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get trying to get David Fuller on the line here. So, but but JT, aren't you Irish? You got the lucky charms, Dick. 
<laughs> hey, what? <laughs> You've got the Lucky Charms dick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was still bigger than Rice Krispie, but, Hello? you know. David! Hey, what's up? Oh, uh, we're calling you. We're, we're literally calling you right after we hung up with Joe Gerger. <laughs> oh, well, yes. I don't have a cool intro. I'm not David. I fly by night and ride by day. Some direction <laughs> of some random woman. Well, were you listening? Or, Did you? I can't do that. Were you listening? Did you hear the intro? <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I literally. Uh, I'm finishing up some. Uh, working on some business. And I knew I had to set aside a few minutes to come on here today. Yeah, I, Happy it, anniversary. It completely <laughs> slipped my mind this morning to, call you, to get a hold of you about this. So, no, uh, we're going right. go, to go ahead and call uh, Charlie Haas up right now. It's 3 o'clock Eastern time here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Fantastic. He should be ready to go. I texted him just a few minutes ago. Okay. And, but uh, it is live radio. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. We're just waiting for okay, it to start no ringing guarantee. here. There it goes. It's ringing. <laughs> Hello. Hello, this is Charlie. Charlie, Hello. this is uh, this is the guy's yeah. a board wrestling fan. We got David Fuller on the line with us too. So uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. How are you? Oh, we're we're good. Uh, we we found out that we've only got a short, short, short time with you today, though. So <laughs> I understand yeah, that, uh, man, I'm busy running kids around. I got to get to the wrestling practice. So yeah. You guys. So what's going on? Are we guys up in New York? <laughs> uh, George and I are actually in Buffalo. We weren't we weren't actually sure if George was going to get here because uh, we had a driving ban up until about uh, maybe uh, <laughs> about an hour ago. <laughs> about an hour ago. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, okay. it's okay. we're in Snow Central. Yeah, man, you guys Slammed with the snow up there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for oh, us, yeah. it's let up and, and it's starting to melt. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. In fact, they just plowed my street wow. this morning. Thankfully. <laughs> Holy cow. Charlie, Charlie was just Charlie was just up your way. Charlie was just up your way a couple of weeks ago. Uh, actually, I believe it was last weekend uh, for Jersey All Pro Wrestling. You got to reunite with Shelton Benjamin and Kurt Angle. Uh, I know Charlie had a blast up at Jersey All Pro. That's where he got to start, actually. You know, it, it's it's right. funny. Yeah, it was. It's funny because I was talking to David uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had a story in our in our news uh, section that we do on the show about you doing the Jersey All Pro Wrestling show, and it says, "Oh, Charlie Haas is coming out of retirement to do the Jersey All Pro show." It's like, wait a minute, he just did IHWE last week. <laughs> That's yeah, no, I mean, I I've kind of like been semi-retired. <laughs> like I retired when I walked away from Ring of Honor, and then uh, I just kind of like, then I mean, you know, I just was like. I was pretty much done. I just wanted to be home and be a dad, and uh, you know, and be a, a husband. And I got my kids in sports, and it's a lot of my wife got four kids rushing them around. But uh, so really, man, I don't leave the state of Texas. If I'm going to wrestle anywhere, it's just in the state of Texas. I mean, I mean, I'll go out to do Jersey All Pro, but I mean, that's it. I haven't done anything like anywhere where I can drive and be back home that night um, is what I want to do because I just feel like man, I want to give back. There's so much good talent in Texas. There's a lot. That was passed on to me that I could pass on to them. Maybe they'll make a break, make it big. So, you know, so if I can help out, I'll do that. That's great. That's that's incredible. You know, it's nice. It's nice to see uh, someone with such a, a great career as yours. Uh, you know, giving back and helping others uh, get theirs off the ground. And 
And I'll say this. I'll say this as a promoter here in Texas. Charlie does that. When Charlie shows up at a show, all he wants to do is help out. What can I do for you? He doesn't show up and say, oh, brother, I need my limousine. I need my private locker room. I need this, 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 and this. I got to be the main event. He doesn't do, he doesn't do any of that. He shows up. He does exactly what anybody asks him to do. And he'll go on with any of the local talent and make them better performers. Coming up on, uh, on New Year's, on New Year's night, actually, on ICWTV, You'll see Charlie Hottest Wrestling with Maricos for the DFW Championship. It's a fantastic match, and it's just a, a strong case where Charlie will go in with any of the local talent, and he will give them the best he has. He doesn't mail it in. He's a fantastic performer, and I know for a fact our promotion is better with Charlie Hoff in it. Oh, I, I can imagine so, yeah. Charlie is actually yeah. the current DFW champion, is he not? Yeah, right. No, I am. And I tell you what, like, you know, like, there's so much talent down here. There really is. It's, it's, Texas is really untapped. Um, it just, I mean, there's, especially in the Dallas area, I mean, there's really not many places to work except for, you know, for David's and, and uh, maybe a few others. But, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, there's so much talent. And um, it's just, it's really when you, the guys look the part. They're not backyard wrestlers, not people that, think they can play the video games and go out and you know, I can do this move, I can do that move. I mean, they actually, you know, the, they are good students of it and, um, you know, they, they want to learn and they want to wrestle. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's just, it's fun to be down there. It's fun to be, you know, to work for David. It's fun to see these other talents come up that, uh, want to make it big, that want to grow into the, you know, that, that want to be, you know, to help carry on the wrestling legacy, especially in Dallas where, you know, with the world class and how big it was. So, I got a couple of uh, listener questions for you here. Um, one is uh, they want to know about your uh, your impersonations you were doing when you were in WWE. If they required a lot of preparation and practice, and uh, which ones you found were easier to pull off. Um, no, there was a lot of preparation. It took a lot of uh, time. Like it was something they threw on me, so I wanted to. You know, I didn't want to just do it half-assed. I wanted to do the best I could. Evidently, I must be doing pretty good because I Sandow was doing it, you know, <laughs> yeah. recently. So it must be a gimmick that someone likes. So, you know, and I, and I think he does a great job. Yeah, so. How long were you stuck in JBL's yeah. trunk? Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> how, how long were you in, in JBL's trunk that first time you did the impersonations? Uh, not that long, man. Maybe about five minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He had to have been let out at some point. He's had a, a wife, kids. I mean, there, there's he's he's been busy. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to. So, oh gosh, it's great. Yeah, it was good though, man. I really enjoyed it though. I mean, it was it was a fun time, and it was you know it was really good. So, um, like I said, you know, it was uh, it was good to work with JBL and a lot of the other greats that uh, you know really helped out. So, I mean, they, they worked with me on that character and. And uh, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. It was more entertaining than wrestling, that's for sure. <laughs> I uh, the other question that he had was uh, about uh, Border Wars 2012, the uh, the Ring of Honor show up up here uh, in in our area, neck of the woods here. I uh, wanted to know uh, what the spray you used on Mark Briscoe was uh, because it smelled absolutely horrible. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh. man, I'm sorry. Okay. So that was the real ether, man. That was real ether. Oh, okay. <laughs> it really, yeah, it really was. So oh it would have definitely uh, not been good. I mean, it, it was like he was like, I'm getting ready to go out. I mean, it was the real ether. I mean, something about Jim Cornette, he wanted, he wanted to go all the way, man, and, and he's like, we're gonna make his, 
you know, we're going to make it go 100%. If it's going to be that way, then it's going to be, uh, we're going to make them walk away saying that was the real stuff. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> and and uh, Nick, Charlie, Charlie's working down here a lot, uh, and he's actually going to be challenging Thomas Shire for the IWE Heavyweight Championship on February 28th, champion versus champion. Jim Cornette, I, I, I told Jim Cornette, and I said, I'm letting you sign the main event because Cornette was down here and he, he got to talk to a lot of the talent. Of course, he, mer- he managed Thomas Shire, and of course, he goes way back with Charlie. And uh, Jim Cornette said, Charlie's getting a shot at the IWE Heavyweight Championship. So that match is going to happen in February, and that's going to be fantastic. So uh, we, yeah, we could be talking to the next heavyweight champion of IWE, so... <clears throat> yeah, no, that's for sure. I mean, that's going to be a really good match. Thomas Shire is really up and coming. Yeah, hold on one second. Right. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's got four kids, man. It's yeah. <laughs> that's a that's, one, uh, that's, that's one a handful. kid's a handful. I mean, you, you, you got. I can, a, I can sorry, only. Guys, I'm, dro- I'm dropping. I'm dropping my daughter off at a birthday party, and then I'm running over like. This <laughs> is crazy. But anyways, no, Thomas Shire. No, he's a big kid, man. He's he's uh. He's really good talent, young kid. He's um, I mean, he's just a, I mean, he's a guy to be a good six three, six four. I mean, and just a, as a stud. I mean, it's gonna be a really good match. I'm excited to work with him. Uh, you know, and you know, like I said, pass down whatever I can. Um, he's gonna give me a hell of a match, especially with his athleticism, his speed, um, just his size. It's gonna be, you know, and that's the thing. It's like really, there's not that many really big, big guys you see out there. But he reminds me of a real young. Uh, Probably like uh, Harry Smith. You know? Oh, okay. I'm really thinking Boyd Jr. That's what he reminds me of. Oh my gosh! Nice. You know? That's gonna be that's so, gonna be a great yeah, match. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm looking really looking forward to that. That's in February. Um, that's why the thing is, David puts on such great shows. I'm like, man, you gotta just you gotta do more and more often. <laughs> so you know, because uh, he brings in. That's why I tell you because he puts. I mean, he, the preparation, the time he puts into it, and uh, the venue where it's at, and I mean, he, man, but I mean, he comes out and he. And he he reeducates he reeducates the fans by bringing in all the legends that built Dallas area up with World Class Championship Wrestling, and um, you know so they bring in greats like you know Stan Hansen or you know Bruce Brody's um, widow Tim Cornette, you know just uh, a lot of great great wrestlers in the past. So it kind of you know entangles that into the, the show. So you're getting you know your kids that are just children they're learning from their parents what they grew up with you know and then they're being introduced to the new talent at the coming so i mean it's a it's a really good thought out show i mean you know it's just great family entertainment it's just great athleticism and great wrestling matches you uh you training your kids yet <laughs> i know you you and your yeah, wife well, both I'm wrestlers actually, i'm driving over to that to, um to wrestling practice my four-year-old starting uh yeah i, I train him we have a we have a wrestling school here in Frisco called the Frisco Bombers, and my uh, my brother-in-law Rick Delgado, he was uh, a two-time Olympian. He runs the school, and I'm his assistant. So I run, I do all the like the real up and like the little kids, like four and up, the novice and um, the novice kids. The kids have never even started wrestling, so it's basically watching paint dry. But you're basically just teaching them from the beginning. I mean, you're just you know it's the basic foundation until they're ready, and then we'll put them in wrestling tournaments and. You know, but we're, it's a good two-year process before we decide to put them in tournaments. So, what was uh, the biggest the biggest challenge for you uh, coming in from an amateur background, going into pro wrestling? What was what was the big challenge well, for you? Um, let's see. From an amateur background, I'd have to say, 
You mean coming in from pro wrestling wise? Yeah, yeah, coming into pro wrestling from the amateur background. Like, what was the big uh, biggest problem for you? Uh, the biggest one was probably, um, you know, probably just to slow down. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was probably going to. Um, it was probably wanting to slow down, like. Um, with amateur wrestling, like it's, it's it's doing a lot of spurts, a lot of speed, like a lot of wrestling. Um, and then when I got into the pro wrestling to, to try to, to cross over, um, you know, you really had to learn how to tell a story. And you had to, you, and like Garnier Anderson always told me, he was like, if you're going too slow and you think you're going way too slow, that's the right speed because that's the right speed that they need for television. Right. You know, or or for in a mat or in a house show because if you don't do that. And what's going to happen is you're going to lose the fans, and that's the problem. You see a lot of the a lot of the kids today. They do so many spot after spot after spot, high spot, and then and then the kids have been like they'll finish the spot, and the fans aren't clapping because they are not because um, they don't really understand what they they just saw. Like they don't have time to absorb it. Right. So if you do a spot and build to it, and you make the bump mean something, and then you let let them let them sell. The crowd's gonna erupt and go nuts. You know, and that's another thing. A lot of kids just get like spot after spot after spot A to Z, and I you mess up in there and screw the whole match up. And it's like you really like Sheldon and I have always been taught and like really try to call it out the ring to fill it. Like you may have, but it may never go through. You know, you just uh, you got to be able to think on your feet. You got to listen to the crowd. And you got to you just got to know your craft. You know, and that's the problem. Like that's what I'm trying to teach the kids. You don't need to know all these moves to do everything. I go, what you need to do is know how to work the crowd and how to how to get them where they don't want to leave their seats to go to the bathroom. You don't want to be the bathroom break match, you know? Yeah. I, I tell you, it was a relief to see guys like you and Shelton, uh, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, all at all at that time, just real wrestlers in, in uh, wrestling. It was yeah, great to see. it was great. Man. We were a tight little group, too, man. It was really good. It was a, it was a fun time in my life. It really was. Kurt was such a great mentor. Shelton was like my best friend. Brock, great guy, good friend. I mean, we, we traveled the road. It was good being with those four. Those, uh, those three. Maybe. Right. <laughs> um, so what was your uh, favorite match you've ever had in pro wrestling? Mm, I think WrestleMania 19 when we wrestled uh, the Guerreros and Chavo and Rhino. Um, I think Billy Kim and Mysterio, Shelton and I in Denver at one of the pay-per-views. That was great. Um... You know, um, I mean, there's times. I mean, uh, singles match with Kurt Angle. I think Shelton had some really good matches. Uh, singles on house shows that were fun. A lot of house show matches that never aired were phenomenal, really good. Um, so, I mean, it's just uh, I mean, Val Venus was always fun to work with. Um, the Guerreros were fun to work with. Um, and, and, and I've had some great matches with Chris Benoit. I mean, I know what he did wasn't right, but he right. was a hell of a Hell of a hand, and man, what a what a I mean, God, what a great talent! Man. I was actually at that WrestleMania 19 match. I was way up in the nosebleeds; so I could barely see you guys, but it was oh, great. Go Phil, baby! Yeah, <laughs> yeah those were the days. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, you still got time, or you you got to go? Because I yeah, know. yeah, I got about, I got about another three or four minutes. Three or go four ahead. minutes. <laughs> All right, uh, so I, I know you're you're a, uh, I guess we call you semi-retired, right? But we, we like to ask the question, yeah. uh, if there was one moment in your career where you just kind of said, okay, that's it, I could retire right now and be happy, uh, I, I guess in this case, aside from when you actually decided, okay, this is it, I can retire and be happy, uh, what would that moment be? 
Um, it probably could have been last week at uh, Jersey All Pro with because uh, that was the place my brother and I started with. Uh, you know, and I mean when we started in the Indies back in the mid '90s, that's when the Monday Night Wars were huge. ECW was huge. There was no um, the Indies were just booked, man. It was just hard to get on. Like you, Dennis Carluzzo had the whole NWA Jersey thing sewed up. Uh, you weren't in that clique. You weren't wrestling anywhere. Uh, CZW was just starting. JP just started. So Russ and I, you know, we, we broke in at JP. They were the first people to book us. We we're on there with Low Key, Homicide, uh, Hit Squad. I mean, those are the guys we broke in with. Um, so we ended up, uh, you know, to come full circle 18 years later to have, you know, Russ not there, but his spirit there. People still remember him. Then to finish with, like, Shelton. You know, we started as the Haas brothers, but to have the world's greatest side team with JP and Kirk there, you know, and just at one time before Russ died, Team Angle was designed to be Russ, Kirk, I, and Shelton. It's going to be us four. And that's what WWE had planned to put before Russ died. So it, that would have been a really good time to retire right there. He's had a lot of friends from Seat Hall come out. And uh, it was just uh, it was a really good time. I think it's amazing. Just uh, at, at the time, you and uh, you and Russ weren't known when when Russ passed, and it's just amazing, like the outpouring of support that uh, that you guys got when when that happened. It's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you know, we were in the developmental system, um, and the, we were on the Indies for a good five years. So you know, it was just a, it was a really good support. You're right, it was. It was uh, sometimes you, you got a. It just it shows that he left a really good mark. Uh, on people's memories and on his legacy and you know what a great guy he was for people to really love and support him and to still remember him so uh, it's uh, just incredible because you don't you don't see that these days like somebody that's like in developmental and they they haven't been on television where the, the announcer is going to take a break and say hey you know we want to yeah. send our sympathies which is awesome yeah that's huge yeah that's huge yeah, you know, and that's WWE. That was that was class act to do that. So yeah, that was uh, it was really yeah, they were really good at, at that time. You know, in my life, where it was just a really bad dark moment. It's that it was uh, they were they had a lot of support you know, from the fans, from the independents, and, and uh, WWE, of course, so. and family. Absolutely. Uh, so what do you what do you got coming up uh, besides this IHWE show? Any anything else uh, going on? Um, IHWE. I know we in February. Right now we have. Um, I'm doing a BOW show, um, QNWA shows down at BOW, and then uh, one up in Sherman, Texas. That's it, and that's all I have right now. So, uh, you know, right now we're in the middle of the amateur wrestling season. We're not in the middle, we're just the beginning of it. So it's uh, it's really, and it's like these kids in practice, and then on the weekends it's wrestling tournaments. You know, which that's the fun part. So, and then uh, winding down from uh, my daughter's uh, soccer season. You know, so. <laughs> oh, those are brutal. It's nonstop, man. It's nonstop. It's soccer, soccer, it sounds and like wrestling, it. and whatever the boys are going to want to play when they get older. So. <laughs> it sounds like it. I, uh, yeah, take good care of your wife. Take good care of your kids, and uh, and hopefully we'll be able to get you back on uh, sooner with a little bit a uh, little bit more time to, to go. We'll maybe get you on a little earlier. Yeah, next no time. problem. <laughs> I appreciate having us, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, that, for, thanks uh, a lot, Charlie. Yeah, thanks for letting me get, it, get in on the call. I appreciate. Thanks, David, for setting it all up. Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate it, bro. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Take Charlie. We'll, we'll get you back soon. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> 
All right, Charlie Haas. Well, <laughs> Man, <I'm laughs> he, that's that's crazy. He's got kids in the car. He's yep. driving, talking to us. Like yeah. he didn't have to do that, all that. That's that's incredible. I I'm. It's like I need I need a come down now because going from Gertner to Charlie Haas and, and just with no lag time. And we've still got David Fuller on the call. I know. Well, I, was, I am I am the come down. See, so it worked out. You have to call somebody else. You've already got your come down already on the air. See, uh, so, uh, David, I'm, you were I'm the popcorn match. You you've are... gone through the opener. You've had your hot match right before intermission. Now you've got your match right after intermission, where people just come back and they sit down. They're not really paying attention. See, you've already got me on the air. It works out. <laughs> David, you are. See? There is never a dull moment when you are in the air with us. Trust me. <laughs> this has been a great show so far. We, we yeah. started with we we had Joel Gertner on for for almost 45 minutes yeah and just went straight into charlie haas which is great and just yeah. <laughs> there was and, and and like david said now we got david oh. <laughs> <laughs> see there you go see there you go i, I, I see I, i'm i'm what you call on the wrestling poster plus many more <laughs> see, plus many uh, more every <laughs> poster that i should have got a royalty because that's me <laughs> so but no uh, charlie is the consummate professional i mean uh, he's come and done autograph signings for me. He came and did the August anti-bullying assembly. He literally had a soccer game. His daughter had a soccer game, and he barreled from Frisco, which is about an hour and a half from Fort Worth, uh, maybe two hours. He barrels from Frisco and gets there just to be the last speaker of the anti-bullying assembly. He walks right in, jumps right into the ring, gets on the microphone, and starts talking. Wow. And like I said, he showed up at the last show. The last show, Old School Hustle, was the first time we actually worked together. We had been talking for the last couple of years, and we communicate and we stay in touch with each other. Of course, now that I've had my son, you know, we talk a little bit more about fatherhood. And whenever I have a question about something, I just call Charlie and say, "Hey, man," you know. So we've got that kind of relationship now, and I'm really, I'm really uh, honored. Uh, Charlie's one of those relationships that I bought that I formed with somebody that. I really take to heart, like the one with Cornette and Hanson and so on and so forth. These are things that I never would have fathomed when I was breaking into the business. I mean, I never would have guessed. Even when Charlie was Charlie and when Charlie and Shelton were the were the very best in the WWE, along with Benoit, along with Guerrero, and the WWE had so many talented workers. I watching, and I never would have guessed that. One day that guy's going to be working for me, and we're going to be buds. <laughs> you know, it just, I, I, it I tell you, happened, is that. I was at that WrestleMania 19. It was it was uh, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas, World's Greatest Tag. Actually, I think they were Kurt Angle, uh, uh, Team, Team Angle at the Angle. time. Yeah. And, Angle. Um, yeah. and they wrestled uh, Los Guerreros, Eddie and Chavo. Mm. And they wrestled, and the other team was Chris Benoit and Rhino. One of these things is not right. like the other. Yeah. And one of those, and that one was in Buffalo last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, Charlie, you, you know, Charlie, like I said, he, um, you know, when you bring in names and you're an independent there's always a worry that, okay, you know, you, you, they're going to get their money, they're going to sell their pictures, and they're just going to go on the ring and mail it in. And there's a lot of guys that do that. I'm not going to name names. <coughs> but there's a lot of guys that do that. And they they overcharge you. Some of them, if they, if they work for free, it's too much. But Charlie, uh, Charlie wants to help, legitimately wants to help. He showed up at Old School Hustle, and he, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever seen Americos, but Americos is, he's a small guy, he's Rey Mysterio-like, Rey Mysterio when he broke in, not Rey Mysterio now. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's, uh, he can move, he's young, he's, he's fantastic. He is, he, he is, he, he does an old school character, but he's a current wrestler. 
So Charlie goes away in America and they go 15 minutes. They go 15 minutes from bell to bell. And Charlie is the, literally, and pardon the pun, Charlie is a hoss. <laughs> still, he's still a hoss. He's still, from the bell, the time the bell rings, he beat the living crap out of Americos, who's only like 19 years old. <laughs> but Charlie, Charlie elevated him. Because he was in a ring with Charlie Hawk and he hung with Charlie. Charlie could have went in there and made him look like crap, but he didn't because he cares. And that's what I love about Charlie Hawk is whoever's in the ring with, whoever he will go in there and elevate them. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to the future because Thomas Shire and Charlie Haas, that's a match. That's just two wrestlers. Thomas Shire was trained by Dory Funk Jr. And he's the current IWE heavyweight champion. He was managed by Jim Cornette to get that title. And now you got him against Charlie Haas. Woo! Everybody that's in that last sentence has been on this show. <laughs> exactly. There you go. There you go. So, uh, and, and the guy promoting it has been as well. So it works out really Damn good. Right. <laughs> so uh, we got that, but the future is so bright here. We've got Charlie. We've got Lance Hoyt. He brought up Harry Smith. Of course, Harry's with Lance and the Killer Elite Squad. The Killer Elite Squad is hot right now. They are probably one of the hottest tag teams, not only in North America, but Japan as well. Their popularity is going to rise more thanks to Global Force Wrestling because the people that have never seen New Japan or have only watched it on Daily Motion, on January 4th, they're going to get that opportunity to see it on a global stage on pay-per-view thanks to Global Force Wrestling. So I think Lance's stock is going to rise. Lance is another guy who still lives here. He was uh, broke in here. He's, he's a Texas boy through and through. Hell, last weekend, while Charlie Haas was with Kurt Angle and Shelton Benjamin taking on Chris Saban and Teddy Hart with Cash's own on their corner, Lance Hoyt and Harry Smith are battling the Dudley boys at the House of Hardcore show. So, real proud weekend for us, knowing that our stars are up north where wrestling is still the hottest it could be, hanging with those, you know, kind of talents, and it's really cool. And Jim Cornette's going to stay involved with the promotion. He's going to keep coming back whenever he can. So, I mean, it's just, it's... It's really hot right now down here, and Charlie's right. There's so much talent down here, and thanks to Charlie, thanks to Hoyt, thanks to Jim Cornette, thanks to all these people coming down and giving what they can. Uh, Texas, I think, is going to just keep rising and keep rising and keep rising. Not just from what I'm doing, and I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy to sit here and say, oh, well, because of us, we're, no. It's a team effort, number one. Without my team, I said we is crap it, it isn't anything without my team and without there's a lot of good promotions in the state of Texas the NWA is still kicking butt there's a lot of good promotions in Texas there's not a whole lot of wrestling up here but down south they have a whole lot of good wrestling shows in Amarillo they do they have a show up in Sherman NWA Texoma San Antonio Austin Houston the major market tab shows the major markets your, your Dallas Fort Worth your Austin's your Houston's your San Antonio's they all have major shows that run on a pretty consistent basis. Mm. Excuse me. Uh, so that's good. But uh, uh, coming up this Wednesday night, ICB TV. If you haven't watched one episode, watch Wednesday because you're going to get the entire Southern Wrestling Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, Lynn Denton's going to be inducted, the grappler. Jim Cornette's going to be inducted. You'll hear from James Beard. Stan Larry Hansen's going to be there. Gorgeous Gary Young, Black Bart. He's also been on this show. 
Barbara Goodish, um, and then we're also going to show two classic matches from Deep South Wrestling, who have given us this footage and given us the rights to use it. We appreciate it. One of the matches is going to feature Dan the Beast Severn, UFC Hall of Famer, against, at the time, the IHWE Heavyweight Champion, Southern Wrestling Hall of Famer, Red Dog, Rodney Mack. And then, in the other match, Team Extreme, Kit Carson and Chris Germany, two more members of the Southern Wrestling Hall of Fame, they're going to take on the One Man Gang and Kevin Norcutt in a match that is, goes all over the Denham Springs Rec Center and Denham Springs, Louisiana. And then on Christmas Eve, on TV, Silent Night, Violent Night 2, Kyle O'Reilly, probably the hottest wrestler on the planet. He is going to wrestle in an IHWE ring against Matt Fitchett. Jim Cornette is on commentary. Also that night, Matt Riviera and I have our little face-to-face confrontation that you have to see to believe because there are so many people that get involved with this. You have to see it. If you want to see Black Bart in action, then you must watch that show because Black Bart gets in the ring and says, the hell with it, I'm getting involved. So there you go. There's something right there, especially for you guys because you know what I'm talking about, garments and, and, and Yosemite and all kinds of stuff are going on. And then on New Year's, New Year's night, excuse me, New Year's Eve day, whatever, January 1st at midnight, the first hour of 2015, uh, New Year's era, Charlie Haas against Americas for the DFW Championship, which is a fantastic match, and then Matt Riviera with Boyd Bradford defends the ICWE Heavyweight Championship against Thomas Shire with Jim Cornette. It's the season finale of ICWE TV, and uh, you, don't, you don't want to miss this stuff. It's it's awesome, awesome television. So uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I wish I could have got Charlie on a little bit longer, but I'm glad we got him on. And like I said, a constant professional. He's in the car driving around, soccer dad, and he takes 20 <laughs> minutes out of his day to, you know, to talk to uh, to talk to you guys. So, but yeah, we'll definitely get him back on here. Want to get Cornette back on here? Um, Thomas Shire. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up, and I really appreciate. Uh, everything you guys do, especially you, Joe, because I know I'll hit you up in the middle of the night and say, so, you need to redo this website. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that damn time zone difference. You could be a creative, you could be on the creative team for WWE. <laughs> if, 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 if anybody frequents board wrestling fan or board hockey fan or any of my websites and, and, and notice that they went down for a little while, uh, 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 a while back, just like a few times, uh, for like a day at a time. Uh, the reason that they went down is because David's site was pulling our shit. It was pulling it down. Uh, there was uh, it was his store on his site was it was there was something wrong with it that was causing us to like overload the server. <laughs> and that's oh my God. and I got a hold of David. I said, dude, it's your it's your it's your store. He says, ah, just pull it down, man. We'll redesign it anyway. <laughs> what, a, what a trooper <laughs> easy money and we're going to we're going to get a facelift we're going to redo the website well I say we Joe <laughs> uh, I'm just, Joe's going to do the website you keep me away from it or it would I would probably crash every damn site y'all have on the server <laughs> why uh, not Joe's you're already gonna, doing that <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe's going to do it we're going to have a holy roster page. Uh, we're going to have photo pages from live events in the past, the Hall of Fame, and a new store. Uh, and when we're ready to launch it, uh, that'll be the day the fans can purchase Old School Hustle on DVD 
and on Blu-ray, and we're going to have 30, I think 15 DVDs and 15 Blu-rays. They're Jim Cornette packages, and you get a program, you get a ticket set, and you get a signed 4x6 Jim Cornette insert. I'm going to be mailing those out to him, excuse me, I believe this week, to Castle, Cornette, and Louisville, and I, I think I literally have to write that on the envelope. I think I have to write Castle Cornette. Uh, Castle Cornette in Louisville, he's going to sign them and send them back to me, and then we should have everything ready. So anybody who wanted to see the Jim Cornette live experience, the one-hour, I have to say uncensored, and underscore that, uncensored Q&A, you will have the opportunity because it will be an extra on uh, the Blu-ray, Blu-rays and DVDs. We're going to have a Max and Johnny Gargano, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, just real good stuff. Hall of Fame inductions of Stan Hansen, Johnny Valentine. These things are going to be loaded. I'm really excited about this. This is the first DVD slash Blu-ray project we've really put a lot of time into and marketing on a global level. I'm really, really excited about it. It was a really fantastic show, and uh, I'm just kind of blown away by what Charlie said. You know, you hear that, and and Jim Cornette, and then I'll get on here because I'm rambling. Jim Cornette did a column for the IWB magazine, the inaugural edition. It should be out in the next three or four weeks. He sent me this stuff, and I was, I almost brought tears to my eyes, and I sound like a big girl. And he just went out of his way to put over how impressed he was with the show, and you know, you, you work at it, you work at it for so long, and, and you hear a lot of negative things, and and then people come along that have actually done something in the business. They've actually drawn money. They're not just some local guy that's hung around the territory for 20 years, and all of a sudden they're a veteran and they got an opinion. But these people that have actually drawn money, not with a green piece of paper and a crayon, they have legitimately drawn money for major promotions. They're saying these wonderful things. And it really hits home, and it, it tells us we're doing something right. Uh, but like I said, it's a team effort. Without you guys promoting us, without Joe doing the website, without the podcast, without my TV director, without my graphic design team, without the staff that works 12, 14, 16 hours on site the day of the show, without the superstars, and without the fans that buy tickets, because at the end of the day, what some people don't get is, we need people to buy tickets, and we need people to believe what we're doing. So without all of this coming together, it doesn't work. So uh, everybody who's involved, thank you so much. Board Wrestling Fan, is, uh, I got involved with you guys. I want to say it's been a while. I think Justin Ruff. So hats off to Justin Ruff for hooking me up with Joe. Joe might not be saying that, but hats off. <laughs> thank you, Justin. Uh, we, were, and, we, were, uh, we were just talking about Justin Ruff right before we got Gertner on because Justin Ruff has gotten us so many interviews over the years, including you. Uh, but we, we he got us, uh, you know, Gargano, uh, Ruthless Lala down there in Texas, uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of people from down there and, and, and all all over. Just he he he's even interviewed Jerry Lynn on the site for us, which is great. <laughs> So yeah, Mr. JL, Mr. JL, Mr. JL. Who was on the phone? To... Who was on the phone? We had it. We had an Eddie. We had an Eddie Guerrero tribute this past Wednesday on ICWE Radio, and we had uh, uh, Bobby Eaton on, and uh, uh, we had uh, Hector Guerrero was on, and that was really cool. And I, I don't remember who. I don't think we had anybody else on, but uh, we had Mike Lano on, who's a famed wrestling photographer. And I actually brought up Jerry Lynn because I was talking about, you know, all these people were calling in the new Eddie. I didn't know Eddie. I was just a fan. And I'm not one of these people to act like I knew somebody when I didn't. So uh, it's amazing how that happens. When somebody passes away, 
people that never even met these people are like, oh my God, we go way back. How do you go way back? I go way back with Eddie. I used to watch him on my TV, but that's as far back as we go. I never met Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> so I will just tell you my experiences as a fan, and I made that perfectly clear. I said, I didn't get to see a lot of Eddie's Mexico stuff. I didn't get to see a lot of Eddie's New Japan stuff. I didn't get to see a lot of Eddie until he debuted in WCW. But the matches he had with Chris, with Dean, and with Mr. J.L., Jerry Lynn, stuck out of my mind, and they still do. Uh, I think Mr. J.L. could have been a fantastic character, but of course he was working in WCW. He wasn't in the NWO, and he didn't draw any money with Hogan in the 70s or the 80s, so of course he wasn't going to get pushed. Anyway. I think I've done enough shooting on your show for today. So uh, if anybody's got any hate tweets, just at Board Wrestling Fan. Or <laughs> yeah, just forward them to Joe, Joel. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, send them to at Board Wrestling Fan so we don't get them. <laughs> Anybody that actually yeah, listens yeah. to the show knows the address. <laughs> and then you'll crash our servers, and then everybody will be happy. So, <laughs> so But anyway, guys, Joe, thank you. At HXC4. I've taken up way too much time. Uh, thank you for everything. Thank you guys for everything you do. I love this show. I think it's one of the few podcasts that actually does something for the wrestling business. To reiterate, anniversary. To reiterate, I keep doing it. To 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 reiterate, send your hate tweets to at HXC Fuller. <laughs> oh, well, sure, go ahead. You're acting like it's something new. Because let me tell you something. I've been talking a lot to Jim Cornette. Oh, so he uh, every time I talk to him, I become a little bit more meaner. So <laughs> yeah, you, I'll, I'll handle bet. it like Jim does. So yeah. uh, you know, I try to keep everything PG and PC. <laughs> David's so learning the, the craft. The day, hey, we don't do nothing PG day, around here. <laughs> Fuck that. At the end of the day, if I get enough hate tweets, I might just DGAF. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them what it's all about. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and I look forward to being on again sometime in the future. Certainly, David. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right, take care, Have a buddy. good one. Take Bye-bye. care. See you. <laughs> oh, what a show. Good Lord. What a show so far. What the fuck? I walked into a shitstorm. You did. What a, what a show so far. I mean, and you missed Joel Gertner's intro. I got to play that for I, you I after we're say, done. I was going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here. You're going to have, have to hang out for this. a little bit after the show. <laughs> I'm not going to hear the end of it. Of course, I haven't seen you in like a couple of weeks, so yeah, you've you got to hang out anyway. I, I'm going to try. You know, I, I've <laughs> it's been a shitty week, um, and it, it just got worse yesterday. And I, I got home from work. I had time to, like, have a couple sandwiches and then I had to run right out the door to come here to make sure uh, I didn't miss out. <laughs> they didn't end up making you come out to Niagara Falls yesterday, did they? No. Okay, we good. postponed the show. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> did, did you go to ESW? No, I, I. The thing is, if I was going to get there, I would have had to walk a mile, get to my buddy's house over off of Elmwood and get there. <laughs> um, but it was like, dude, I've been away from my family for like four days. You know what? I can miss a show. Yeah. And of course, uh, of course, big time won the title. Oh, of course, um, but uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, we still got about uh, we still got some time. So you guys want to run through Survivor Series predictions, like actual ones, since we already got Maven fans. Well, before we do that, I'd like to actually. Well, hey, I got to speak again. Wow, neat. Um, hey, G, you can <laughs> jump in at any time. And maybe the other two, three guys, JT, I know, didn't watch. We saw a pretty fucking innovative move this week if we watched the last episode of Spike uh, TNA. And that was uh, in the main event. Did you- Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. You wanted well, to talk you, about you, the main event? Did you catch that, No, JT? no, 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 not, not okay, the main event. I wanted to uh, talk about something about TNA after. Okay. 
Well, I've never seen Jake. this before. If you guys have seen it before, correct me if I'm wrong. But we have we have the fatal four way going on here for the the last sex division title. Possibly, we'll see what happens with the revamp, right? And we got uh, Manic putting on an inverted uh, surfboard stretch on Tiger, uh, and and then okay, in that position you have your, your shoulders down, right? So what does DJZ do? He crawls in while they're in the position for the pin. <laughs> so so what does low key do? Well, low key being wants to break up that pin attempt. So he goes to the top rope and he lands on uh the the all three of the guys basically with the warrior's way and that was really awesome. That made the whole week bearable. <laughs> Outside of Lucha Underground, which is better than WWE, but that goes without saying. <laughs> I, I actually was watching Impact because it was the last Spike TV Impact, but I, I ended up dozing off after the women's match. Uh, you always fall asleep. You messed out, man. you got to go back and rewatch that it's on It's on my DVR. I'll check it out. But I, I did see that they uh, crowned a new X Division champion. They crowned it. Crowned it. Crowned it. <laughs> no, that, in that match, exactly. That's what happened. Hooked it on phonics before. works for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, so, so rare we see innovation like that in North American wrestling. So I really wanted to draw attention to that move because I thought it was brilliant, and it made me just sit up in my chair and go, "Holy shit! What did I just witness? That was really cool." And then yeah, I that match was it. great. I mean, like, like Joe was kind of dozing off halfway through. Well, he falls asleep through everything, man. We know that by now. Come on, <laughs> it's true. And they just they picked a great match to end with. Yeah, if that had been the last TNA match we ever saw, I would have been okay with that. No, uh, it's it's not going to be because in January TNA will be debuting on Destination America. I don't even know if I get this channel. So, I've never so, heard so, so it, I, but... that was what I was going to ask about. How much of a downgrade do you think this is? Because I have it, and you want to know the only reason I know I have that network? I was a couple of years ago on. I'm 4th of July just looking for something to watch early in the morning. I was just sitting on the couch chilling. I found it because it was playing a bunch of shows on fast food food restaurants. That was yeah, it. Yeah, they still have those shows too. <laughs> I, I would estimate 50% JT. Uh, ah. But in about 50, there it's not exactly a 50% cut of homes. It's about 65 or so. Uh but then you have the people who won't know where to find it. And then the fact that a whole bunch of these channels, uh, packages on cable uh, providers, this is like a, a premium tier. They'll have to pay like $20 in some cases just to get this fucking channel. So 50% <laughs> at best. Yeah, but in some ways it could be an upgrade because they seem more committed to impact than Spike ever were. Well, which is what they I was going to say. We're going to advertise it's... the fuck out of you. We're going to give you yeah. new shows. We're going to make you yeah. our, our, main, our main show. But would you pay yeah. like a twenty dollars to get another cable tier just for that channel? I don't know. No, no yeah. but I would pay nine ninety nine. The thing is, the thing is, is it's like that's a that's it, that's a, that's like the like the what sixth or seventh tier uh, Discovery Channel. Like yeah. Like okay, one thing you know, one thing it was like Discovery two or three or something. You know, th like. Most people don't ha might ha don't even know that this network exists, let alone that they they probably have it. They, they won't even know it, 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 that it exists, you know. That, that's the rub too. I mean, a lot of people are going to tune in on Thursday and not knowing they're going to get a movie instead of TNA, and they might uh, not tune back in to watch the best of episodes. And 
If okay, if it, here here's here's how I would justify paying an extra twenty dollars uh, for the this tier that has destination fucking whatever you want to call it. Um, <clears throat> I want more X division matches, a wider X division, like more uh, uh, you know more uh, participants in the X division. Well, if they lose all that money, X Division might be all they can afford. That that's okay because that's kind of what got them. Let, there. Let's look at it this way. I mean, they could do a uh, ROH style distribution model off of television, where you know, okay, you can watch this episode live as it airs, or or in ROH's case, syndication. Mm-hmm. You can watch this episode on Wednesday night at eight o'clock or or, or nine o'clock or whatever they're going to do. Um, which Wednesday at 8 would be stupid, and Wednesday at 9 in January would also be stupid because that's when NXT airs, uh, is going to be airing starting in January. But whatever the time slot is, you can watch it here in this time slot. If you want to, you can pay a certain amount of money per month and watch it the next day on impactwrestling.com. Or if you don't want to pay and you don't mind waiting, you can wait six days and watch it the following week on impactwrestling.com for a limited time much like Ring of Honor is doing and that's something to to get uh, keep the dis- uh, distribution out there at least mm-hmm. it's not going to help with the money it's certainly not i mean obviously you can you can maybe sell them advertisers direct for the uh, for the online episodes but or, or you know or if you're selling to people that want to watch it the next day and don't get ne- destination america don't want destination america just for one show yeah yeah like, I think it's in the news, but they're actually putting out an episode next week, but on YouTube, of the best of the Turkey Bowl shit. Yeah, it is in the news. Um, oh, well. I, I think oh. this is probably it for me and TNA, uh, unfortunately. I'd like to continue watching, but with NXT and Lucha Underground having to be watched online, I don't think I have time to wa- wait for a, a third you know they don't have a deal up here at all. There's not a single cable provider in Canada that offers Destination America. I wouldn't imagine. Well, no, there isn't. It's I guarantee you there is not. It's actually God, that's, that's what I'm saying. On Twitter, I wouldn't imagine that there would be because it's Destination America. Now, when they go to Destination Canada, <laughs> you're good. No, they they don't have that up here. Actually, it's uh, Discovery's licensed. Oh. <clears throat> By uh, all, all people, uh, Rogers Media. Oh, great! <laughs> yeah, so there, there's like one national sports network left up oh. here, and that's TSN. And they used to have the WWE, and they voluntarily walked away years and years ago. So, oh. yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I, 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 I honestly have no idea where they would go, where they would get national exposure in my country. It, it, there's not a, it's very, very conglomerate up here. There's really only a few companies, and that's really nothing left. There's two sports co- companies left in Canada. The competition going to Rogers? No. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. That's not happening, right? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, I, I'm not walking away out of uh, of, of dis- dislike. In fact, I... I enjoyed impact over raw for the last year more than often than not it's been a better product better matches less fucking cena and shit and uh it's just sucks it's gonna be online it's just it's such a hassle to watch shit online yeah while i have time tna uh views the move to destination america as a huge step forward even though they're in fewer homes than spike uh because destination america is willing to air replays which spike rarely did and offer additional tna programs besides impact they are prepared to really get behind tna wrestling 
Uh, TNA was negotiating with WGN in their search for TV deal, but WGN wouldn't have added them to the lineup until the second quarter 2015, so the company passed. Negotiations with Spike ended three weeks ago as TNA was not getting an offer where they felt it was worth staying. Show on Destination America will remain two hours and air on Tuesday or Wednesday nights. Uh, they will have no TV in Canada until a new deal is made because there is no Canadian provider that car- currently carries Destination America. Uh, producer Brian Edwards is promising big changes, uh, new logos, new look, everything. Yeah, I've uh, heard rumors of a complete reset, and I don't know how I'd feel about that. And th- this saddens me. There will be no Turkey Bowl for Impact. Uh, no, actually, it says they're uploading a Turkey Bowl special to YouTube hosted by Jeremy Borash, scheduled for release on Thursday nights. There you go. Mark was right. Mark called that Ooh. one. Um, so we get we still get to see the turkey suit. Yes. Yes. Uh, Brooke Tasmerger and Robbie E. survived the Amazing Race for another week. So while TNA found a new deal, Brooke and Robbie did indeed last longer on the Amazing Race than TNA lasted live on Spike. That was a terrible <laughs> G impression. <laughs> I, I wasn't doing a G impression. I'm, I'm not JT. you got to read those show notes beforehand, dude. <laughs> I'm not JT, buddy. Collins, it was Fuck all there. You, buddy. <laughs> uh, I also want to make a quick note on NXT. I've not heard anyone else say this, which just makes me sound even more insane. But I'm pretty sure that... Well, did anyone else see it, first of all? Mm, no. I haven't had a chance yet. You know, Again, going back to the TNA online part. It's just, maybe later today, maybe. Probably not. Okay, well, anyway, um, they had... Spoiler alert. They had the Vaud villains come out and say they want their title match now. And instead, two minis. <laughs> it was come great. Out. I did see it. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going to sound insane, but I'm pretty sure that was Vince saying "fuck you" to Lucha, Lucha Underground. Because <laughs> if it was about if it was about embarrassing Callisto and Sin Cara, they'd have come out dressed as Callisto and Sin Cara. Instead, they came out in masks quite similar to the Lucha Underground logo. Like the the Nacho Libre mask, basically, is yeah. what they were wearing. The same colors and everything. Oh, my fuck. my my favorite line of the night on NXT was was uh, was Renee Young saying they look like a couple of little Lucha Loompas. Oh Jesus! <laughs> That's actually better than what what the fuck? Matt, Matt Striker's line of Lucha Dora the Explorer. <laughs> That's awesome. So WWE is acknowledging which underground you probably will never acknowledge WWE. <laughs> yeah, sure. I've they, not they'll... heard anyone else say that, but it's a, it's a good, it, I wouldn't be theory. surprised if it was. And then they didn't have Kalisto and Sin Cara come out to to rescue the minis yeah, like, either. So it, it's like it's there's this new lucha product. Everyone's going crazy over it. Maybe we should have more luchas. Pen- ah, fuck it. Let's put midgets in masks. Pentagon <laughs> Junior in Lucha Underground is uh, they they referenced uh, his first appearance a couple of weeks ago that he is the negative of Octagon Junior and Octagon Junior was originally portrayed by Samurai Del Sol, who's now Kalisto in WWE uh, NXT. So there you go. Small world. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, so but, what? Uh, what, what, what other news can we get into before we got to go? Uh, Billy Corgan left uh, Resistance Pro. We knew that frustration dealing with owners Jacques and Gabriel Barron. Felt the company wasn't trying to promote their live events, grow the brand, so the wrestlers were going into business for themselves during reality taping shows for AMC. Uh, the wrestlers were coming to him and telling them uh, that when things were changed, they had been told backstage that it was what he wanted, even though that wasn't the case. Uh, USA Network going to have WWE week December 15th. Uh, there will be live SmackDown on December 16th. Tribute to the Troops will be on on December 17th. 
And according to this, JT will be reviewing both shows live. Oh, I don't Bullshit. know. If, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> when, did, when did Maven fan hack the hack the hack the site? <laughs> I was like, I don't know how true that is. <laughs> uh, Eric Rowan joined Team Cena because Rowan has the mind of an eight-year-old, so of course he wants to be on Team Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Steen, uh, you'll cigar. Kevin Only Steen's two people get that one on the show right now. <laughs> Kevin Steen will debut as Kevin Owens on the live December 11th NXT TakeOver special. Get your popcorn ready. Yes. This may be and hide your ceiling fans, right, George? Yeah. Maybe an upgrade or downgrade from Grumpy Cat, depending on their point of view. But Larry the Cable Guy will guest host Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. Uh, Santina will also return tomorrow night on Raw uh, to be there with Larry the Cable Guy, who is guest hosting to promote Jingle All the Way too. Oh, Roman Reigns expected to be back the last third of December, just in time for the holiday tour of shows. He's now being advertised for those cards. Uh, Mark Merrow, great update on last week. Does not need heart surgery. Excellent. That's great. Uh, Sheamus is getting actual surgery, supposedly. Uh, whatever injuries WWE listed on the website may or may not be what he's going under the knife for. They, of course, were explaining that uh, the world's strongest slam on Raw was the reason for it. Uh, Brock Lesnar considering letting his WWE contract expire and taking one last shot at UFC. <laughs> Alberto Del Rio teasing he'll sign to two North American promotions at, at once in January, uh, which will be Lucha Underground and TNA, of course, uh, if TNA's new deal with uh, Destination America goes well, I'm sure. Sting's strongly rumored for tonight at Survivor Series, so is Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah, I can't pay for Randy Orton's more likely. Uh, another rumor that AJ will be leaving WWE if she loses on Sunday, largely due to the fact she's married to CM Punk, uh, but that's been debunked. Uh, WWE is aware of the possibility of violence or rioting erupting in St. Louis based on the grand jury's announcement for Officer Darren Wilson shooting Mike Brown. Uh, particularly if he's not charged with anything, they released a statement saying that, as always, WWE is working closely with the venue to ensure the safety of our fans and performers. They will keep us abreast of any developments. Hey, speaking of breasts, I'm going to skip one and come back to it. <laughs> <Titties>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rumors going around that WWE diva, total diva star Eva Marie has gotten her breasts enlarged while she's been out of action. Based on new photos that appears to be the case, you can check out the before and after photos apparently and see for yourself. They already looked fake. They did already look fake. What the fake. fuck? G blames, J blames JBL. <laughs> <laughs> because upon Shaniqua's return, she had new breast implants, which were explained via storyline by permanent swelling as a result of the clothesline from hell weeks earlier. <laughs> Shaniqua spent the next few weeks that. in the Basham's Corner during the feud with Los Guerreros, regularly interfering in matches. And House of Hardcore uh, 7 live event pay-per-view news. Uh, the new management of the 2300 Arena informed fans that anybody who moved a chair, picked up a chair, or handed a chair to a wrestler would be ejected out of the building. That's not the ECW Arena, I know. Oh, that's no fun. Let's see these pictures here, huh, George? Jeez, oh, I, I know George I, in boobs. I, I don't like Eva Marie, though. I, I, I can't stand... What the fuck? Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, I don't cares? like her. I, don't, <laughs> I, I really... I, I don't like her like I don't like John Cena. <laughs> it's just that bad. All right. Well, I know G's going to run right at four. Right, yeah, but so. I got to ask uh, JT a quick question. What? Sure. JT, um... When WrestleMania comes around, what are you going to watch? Are you going to watch WrestleMania? Or are you going to watch the Walking Dead season finale? <laughs> I wonder. Let me think about Walking Dead season finale. <laughs> George is contemplating this. Oh, very question. 
<laughs> at the same exact moment. I as wasn't soon even, as you said it. I wasn't even thinking about that. Jesus, G. What I know what CM Punk's watching. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. At least there won't be any CM Punk return rumors. He'll be. He'll he be won't miss uh, the finale. <laughs> He'll, he'll be he'll be he'll he won't miss the finale and he'll be on Talking Dead afterward. <laughs> Probably, you know There's, you know the Walking Dead is out uh, getting better ratings in the NFL too. Now, uh, did here, you know? Here's what we'll do for you, George. Why? When when you come over for WrestleMania, you'll watch WrestleMania on the on the TV, and I'll hand you the tablet. You can watch the Walking Dead on the tablet while it hey. airs, so you don't get to watch it on the DVR can later. You watch it online. Uh, maybe I think I think uh, A A and E is probably one of the uh, or it's AMC right yeah, whatever AMC. AMC I'm pretty sure it's probably one of the ones I get through the Time Warner cable app. So well, if I'm if I'm at home, I can watch it. Well, I'll I'll say this much: I'm already looking forward to the mid season finale, which will be next week. Um, yes, there's there's a lot of rumors being spread about uh, what's going to happen. Um, I'm not very happy about that, but whatever. It's you know it's a great show. I'm not going to stop watching it. Um, but yeah, and then from that point on, then it's just waiting till February when it comes back. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> uh, television <laughs> death zone. Yeah, it is. Got to love it. It really is. Like you just wait. And yes, wait. I, I. You can if you have the Time Warner cable app and and, and your Time Warner cable customer. Right now, Snakes on a Plane is on on AMC. I'm, I'm oh. watching it on my phone. <laughs> well, the thing is, the pro- the thing is, is my my cable box is on the Fritz and. While AMC is is working right now, I can't guarantee at nine o'clock tonight it's going to be working. So, oh, oh shit! <laughs> uh, there you go. You get the TWC cable app, and, and you, you go. You get the TWC app. You... I'll be right back. Hold on, guys. Oh. Oh. Okay. I I just stream WrestleMania on my tablet and watch Walking Dead in this full glory. He's, He's going to be in a house full of wrestling fans. Though, I know. That, that <laughs> I don't think I'm going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> he he can watch, but but we'll let him. We'll give him headphones. He can watch The Walking Dead. <laughs> He, he doesn't have to pay any attention to us for an hour. Yeah, but do you... And, re- and it's also going to be, like, the, the second to last hour. So, I mean, that's going to be, like, the piss break match will be in there, too. Like, you're not going to miss anything relevant. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I, I, I know this for a fact. Uh, I will... Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage are resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and John Cena is going to uh, bury both of them again. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, in, walking dead? Yeah, in John Cena fashion. <laughs> um, They'll have some Walking Dead tie-ins for the people who chose them over the finale foolishly. Well, like like they did at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> I I I hate to be the one to put us uh, to to uh, give away spoilers for the Walking Dead, but <clears throat> I I've heard. No, this this is from a confident source. Should I cut his mic right now? Do you guys think? Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't want spoilers. I, I don't. I don't know which one to spoilers with the show. I find they, I found <laughs> out that um, in the uh, right before the season finale, uh, CM Punk kills Daryl. <laughs> yeah, I, I I still attest. I want CM Punk to go on there with spiked knee pads and GTS a zombie. Here's the fun, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing about WrestleMania versus the Walking Dead finale. WrestleMania is gonna hope to get a million viewers. We already know Walking Dead's gonna have like ten million viewers. More like seventeen, actually, as of late. They're uh, yeah, and they're gonna lose viewers for that hour, just like they did last month in the pay per view and tonight. Yeah, hopefully, Dean Ambrose makes lose. a reference with the uh, Walking Dead again tonight. I'm, I'm yeah. banking on that. And one last thing, I, I learned something about CM Punk this week. You know that in 2009, Edge requested a kiss from CM Punk. But CM Punk refused, however, saying, I'm straight, Edge. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I'll take your girl. Thank you. <laughs> okay, and then, we- then dump her. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I run through the chic tweets real quick? Yeah, I know G's got to go, so if he wants to bail, he can. And we can do the chic tweets. No, these are chic tweets. I, I, I just can't go with Super Bowl over time. It's yeah, so we're bad. not... We'll make it that's quick. all we have left is the chic tweets. We got the chic tweets. We've... Got the chic tweets, and I do have Andrew J. Reimer's performance oh, yeah. recorded. He sent over to us. Oh, he recorded it. Yeah, he, he nice. wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it. And then uh, once the driving ban was lifted, it was so late. It's like you know what? You already sent this to me. I already know you can't do one of the songs you wanted to do because your your violin player is still trapped in her house. So Jeez. you know, let's let, let's, so let's reschedule hear... and and use this. So let's let's hear from the chic. Let's hear from the chic. What I like about you that you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Retweet if you want me to put the jabroni Miley Sh- Miley Cyrus in my camel clutch for her birthday. Oh God! The Anthony Davis impressed big time, Bubba. But if you ha- but he have the eyebrow that look like dead dog. Still, he excellent. <laughs> God bless my brother, the Kamala. You see how tough the wrestling is, and forever I love him and pray to the Jesus for him. Ooh, the Jesus. <laughs> Hashtag thanks Michelle Obama for the kush cu- the cush you gave me last night. It was the excellent Bubba. <laughs> oh my god. I'm he's pretty sure his, he's off the cush now though. He's getting his weed from Michelle Obama. <laughs> Black Friday Black Friday new name break your fucking neck Friday. Are are the Raiders the real or the fucking Jabroni? All I have to say is Thursday night they were the real. <laughs> Suck it, Kansas City. Sorry. My Suck brother it. is a Chiefs fan. He lives over in the Kansas City area. <laughs> Hello, the Yoko Ono. Oh, Yoko Omo. Imagine that I put you in camel clutch, broke your back when you are on the acid. <laughs> I never believe a day in my life that the Iron Sheik more loved than the Bill Cosby. <laughs> USA number one. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Bill Cosme, fuck the Rudy, fuck the Theo, fuck the Vanessa, and whoever the the fuck else. I don't remember. Go fuck yourself forever. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> Bill Cosby, you go, you go, you go to be Rudy Huxtable in the fucking jail, Bubba. <laughs> Iron Sheik, sexiest man alive. Charles Manson, your dick smaller than mosquito. I wish I fight you on the pay per view. Break your fucking neck with my camel clutch jabroni. Jesus. Fuck the team, Cena. Fuck the team, Authority. Respect the team, Sheiky Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Chong, I love you. Smoke the Kush for me before you break every f- fucking jabroni back on the on the jabroni dance show. Oh, Jesus. Charles Wait, is, Man. Is Chong from Cheech and Chong on a dance show? Yeah, he's on yeah. Dancing with the Stars. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Charles Manson, my gift to you is I break your fucking wife neck with my camel clutch and then I make you humble, jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> and good night, go fuck yourself. Uh, well, All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you on this Andrew J. Reimer's performance. It is great. Please stick around to the end. Please pay very much attention to the end of the song, particularly because it is amazing. <laughs> I, I am not kidding about this. Uh, but uh, before I go, of course, uh, find us on 
Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash Board Wrestling Fan. Twitter, Board Wrestling Fan. That's Board Wrestling Fan without vowels. At Think So Joe, at Punish78, at G of the Internet, at Random Redhead, at Mark underscore Noise. I keep pointing like they're actually here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always get pointed at, and I'm like, yeah, I know I'm here. That's I always cool. point at your chair when you're not here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm here in spirit, damn but it. But that, that's where you can find us, of course, uh, MXW Wrestling on Twitter for Joel Gertner, the quintessential stud muffin. Yes. At HXC Fuller for David Fuller. He'll be uh, on our show, I'm sure, many, many times to come. Oh, of course. Uh, Charlie Haas is, uh, I'm sure he's out there somewhere. We'll find him. You can find him. I'm sure you can find him if you if you go uh, look for the guy with four kids driving around <laughs> in a soccer van, a minivan, uh, getting his kid to soccer so- practice. He's a soccer dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, Andrew J. Rimer's at CPX Buffalo. And uh, I leave you with this. Uh great great performance that he sent over to me earlier today enjoy it finger point hey, of doom wrestling fans. This is andrew j reimers of the country punk extravaganza uh coming to you uh, unfortunately from my bedroom i was scheduled to be on the board wrestling fan podcast today for their three-year anniversary show but mother nature had some other ideas the uh biggest storm in the history of the city of buffalo uh November, as they're calling it, hashtag November, uh, and I was unable to make it into the studio, but I still wanted to make sure I was a part of it, and I wanted to send a song over to Joe and the guys uh, to wish him a happy anniversary, and uh, the song I'm going to be doing today is uh, a song that uh, shows some of the similarities between uh, the people of Buffalo, New York, and uh, some other places around the country, mainly Cobb County, Georgia, uh, because uh, we all know a thing or two about hard times, so I hope you guys like it. I'm going to be coming back to the studio very soon. Uh, and again, happy anniversary to Board Wrestling Fan. If you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, Better read the signs, yeah, respect that law and order, you'll through hard times, you'll be serving hard times, that big boss man will make you walk the line, better look out son, you'll be serving hard he carries a big stick, a ball and chain too. If you're looking for trouble, he'll be coming after you. You'll serve hard times. You'll be serving hard times. That big boss man make you walk the line. Better look out, son, or you'll be serving hard times. That big boss man make you walk the line. Better look out, son, or you'll be serving.
I got King the African Dreams guitar time And nails in the mountain both know hard times, yeah And now Snow's dog knows about hard times, yeah, hard times Big Show's dead dad knows about hard times Because that big boss man will make you walk the line. Better look out, son, or you'll be serving our time. If you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, 